0: So here we are once again in the d-
1: in delicious the corridor, world.
2: In the corridor world that we call Final Fantasy 13 <laughs> Hallway Simulator, as everyone on Facts since the time this game was released has called it.
0: <laughs> and let me tell you, I will never, never, replace lightning as the leader of the party i don't care if i can or not
2: <laughs> god damn right i was ready to and then i got extremely extremely nervous about having to change and be like oh now i need to figure out how to use saz uh, effectively and i <laughs> will not so i'm going back to I, w-
0: I will not do it i will not learn how to use saz effectively
2: i was like haste is always super broken in final fantasy games having that ability would be great to be able to use and i was like nope not gonna use saz at all <laughs> <laughs> but if you haven't guessed by now, this is the Every FNFF Podcast. I'm Carter. Oh,
3: I'm Curtis. I'm Alex. And with us as once. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Steven. We've hey, finally Steven! done it. The daycare dittos.
2: We're getting closer to having every member of the daycare dittos on. I think the only one left is Sarah, who I Gotta don't think all. has played any Final Fantasy games. So we'll I'll just
0: have, have to... Uh, I was going to say, we'll have to tell her what we're going to play next, which obviously is Final Fantasy. Alex, blank this out for a joke. Thank you.
4: (laughs) Final Fantasy 11.
0: (laughs) That's right. I downloaded Final Fantasy 11 not that long ago and started playing it, and it's just a lot, is the thing. I don't think it's bad. I think it's pretty good. But after, like, hours of playing it, I was like, oh, I've not done anything. Nothing in this game. I don't have that kind of time.
4: (laughs) I gave up within the... first hour because i picked white mage and somebody told oh me that in order to level up i had to actually go out and hit stuff with my staff first and i was like nah this is bullshit
2: <laughs>
4: i'm here to heal and that's it
2: <laughs> shout outs to casey in our uh our discord um who is a big final fantasy 11 head uh and uh, one of my fiancé's friends from way back in the day where they played a MMO-style game back on the old internet when things were much better.
1: <laughs>
3: and neighbor. And neighbor mm-hmm. of the pod. <laughs> small, small world.
2: We found that out because we were posting pictures of cats and Casey uh, was like, wait, that cat looks very familiar. Which block do you live on in Philly? And found <laughs> out somebody, they're, like, literally next door neighbors with Alex.
0: <laughs> um... So you already kind of told us before we started uh, recording today, but why don't you tell us a little bit, a little breakdown with your history with uh, Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy Thirteen, Steve?
4: Oh, yeah, sure. Um, So my first ever Final Fantasy was actually Final Fantasy X. Uh, We got a PS2 uh, and that was the first thing that came with it. Um, We were super excited and we probably played the first. 10 minutes uh, 20 times. Cause we could not figure out how memory cards worked
0: time. So you just uh, have to beat it in one go like speedrunners
1: do oh, today.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, no. So like that, the first 10 minutes in the butt rock is just like implanted in my memory forever. <laughs> um, but after that, we ended up getting a copy of final fantasy seven from Kmart. I thought it was a bootleg copy because it had like the black disc, no, and I was uh, like, um that's not what CDs look like. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, when did they start going
3: back to like mirrored? I forget. They did there was a period when like the PS1 was doing uh like discs
4: yeah we were just like not used to it at all because we only ever had like snes n64 like cartridge based stuff right, so yeah. seeing like a cd with a, a black background i was like kmart probably got this bootleg or something <laughs> <laughs> i don't know final fantasy also just seemed like really Difficult to get a hold of at the time, at least for me. Like, I just could not figure out where to get Final Fantasy games. So, like, a lot of the games exist almost as, like, just a vision in my head of, like, scenes I saw from AMVs or, like... I don't know, just like random Newgrounds videos that would have yeah. sprites. So I was just like, what are these things? Like, how do I play
2: those games? A um, cool GeoCities page that has cool sprite work of like Squall or something.
4: Yeah, exactly. um But then I ended up getting 10 2, which is like one of my favorites. Love 10 2. Hell yeah. Um, I got nine. And I don't know how I made it through that game, but I did. <laughs> um, and then right before I beat it, my brother saved over my uh, save
2: file. No! Yep. This is a call out to Peter. That's right. How dare you? I think yeah. this,
4: this was the moment where we were like separate memory cards from now on like we can't share memory. <laughs> yeah, it's just it makes complete sense. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
4: So basically like I played a couple of Final Fantasies here or there. Um but like after not really jiving with 12 like 13 I was like super excited for. So like I I, I sent Carl the uh 2006 trailer. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it before. Was it the E3 one? Yeah. It looks yeah, like a we did watch that very early on. Different game. Like it looked kind of action
0: based. The UI is very large and chunky. In the, uh, it was a
2: very much a proof that. of
3: concept uh, trailer. Like they did not actually like have an, a running engine working yet. I think for at the time, this yeah. is like this is what it's gonna look like. Here's what we're shooting for. Like the UI, like it's just hinting at like. But I was
4: also like 13 years old, and I did not understand like this idea of like in-game graphics versus like cutscene graphics. And so I was like, I yeah. saw that, and I was like, this is what the game is gonna be like. <laughs> and then when it came out i was like oh it's (laughs) just a little bit disappointing but i have to say like there was something about it that still like captured my heart like i really really did enjoy playing final fantasy 13 but i played it like all wrong like i played it so incredibly (laughs) wrong so i kind of as soon as i heard that you guys were playing final fantasy 13x I was like i gotta hop on because i'm here to just like give my second opinion <laughs> like i'm not like a speedrunner by any means like i don't know like the best strats but yet like, you hang yet. out with us
0: long enough and you will well be. <laughs> i've
4: been listening to the podcast i've been playing the game completely differently like i i even i was like you know why i didn't like this game the first time is because i spent 90 percent of my battles just in diversity just making sure everybody was at full health because i was right. like you know how i, uh-huh. I don't yes. lose is i stay healthy but then mm-hmm. you play for 20 minutes every battle much man told me to eat my vitamins and pray
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
4: but you just like sit in every battle like mashing like the a button doing auto battle over and over again and it's also like who which character you picked i think the first time i played. I really liked Hope for whatever reason so I main mm. Hope when they gave me the option and honestly it's not worth it because like <laughs> with Lightning you get the Commando which is super active you get Ravager which is super active I like how she has Medic because I like to take control of the healing because when you switch paradigms the NPCs don't usually like heal super fast
2: it, like, mm-hmm. takes mm-hmm. them, like, a second
4: mm-hmm. to, like, load it up. But if I'm lightning, like, I can just launch a cure, like... So, It like, I feel like lightning is just the best to have and i played it so wrong the first time
0: so i will i'll also say about medics and i've been noticing this more recently as we go through these like missions because some of them are kind of hard that like i'll have like one character who's like in the red hp and then i'll be like okay lightning auto battle throw some cures out and she'll be like i really need to top off first before i take care of (laughs) this and i'm like no
2: (laughs) it's like we've we've Spoken a lot of praise about the paradigm system and how weird it is. And I think like Steven, I think your uh first playthrough of it is probably a lot of people's first playthrough, cause it's kind of hard to wrap your head around the paradigm system and just like it's a it's a big departure from other types of Final Fantasy games or turn-based RPGs that, you know, um everyone has kind of fallen in love with when they were starting to play 13. Uh but like there we are now at the point in the game where like it just expects you to have a really good understanding of the mechanics and like like Curtis is saying there's certain times where you're just like I need to rely on the AI of one of my party members to do the thing that I need them to do and it is very rare that they do the thing that you want to <laughs> and it's like it's, it's not like I don't think it's bad Um, I can't imagine it being tweaked in a way that like makes it like possible to do that like maybe things of being like try and focus on this but it's like that's getting so granular that like it's it, it, it the, the system Yeah the game before this one me. did that <laughs> exactly yeah that's what everyone is always saying they're like yeah the what what is it the gambit system or the gambit system know. gambits yeah. but also too like 10-2 to had the
4: dress spheres which is kind of like a paradigm shift if you think about it like switching from one class to another and I loved the dressphere system because it also had like the cosmetic change like i yeah, that was the yeah. one thing where 13 i was like i wish when you switched paradigms they did at least like one thing differently like lightning sword went into like a staff or something like it would just give it a little bit of variety when you
0: switched have you played lightning returns no, and <laughs> that's okay because neither I, have I really. So but, I loaded yeah. the disc for
4: thirteen yeah. two and watched like the first cutscene battle and was like. I'm so lost already. Like, oh, don't worry. Even this. if you
0: complete this game, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. You could know everything about 13. And as soon as you start 13-2 and complete 13-2, you'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what was any I, of that?
4: I implore everybody to it's at great. least watch the first five minutes because it's insane. It's ridiculous.
0: Um, it's so good. But um, <laughs> What if Lightning was in a World War II-style dogfight and she was <laughs> flying Bahamut? and also was on a horse and in the future in the future <laughs> yeah <laughs> um
4: but but yeah so like one of the reasons too why i'm happy to be on like this particular episode is because i feel like the missions is something that like they and spoilers we're talking about missions um but like they hide these things in the game and there is actual plot that you'll miss if you don't do these Mm -hmm. in a specific order and Mm -hmm. the first time i played this game i was like i'm not really into exploring just show me where i need to go there's the exclamation point i'm just gonna follow that and i was completely lost um but these these missions are are cool there's a lot to them so uh, I'm glad to to be here and to be talking. Well, about I'm them. also glad you're here. It, it's
2: kind of interesting how this game like completely takes off the gloves and it's just like okay, well now here's all you have to do a lot of backtracking and how they were actually able to make this system, in my opinion, uh, feel good and refreshing and actually fun. Like I. Have been, it doesn't feel like a grind to me necessarily. Like, if you're not sure what the missions are, if you're not playing along, basically, we'll, we'll get into it in more depth. But you go to a place, it gives you a mission to go and fight an enemy. And it's basically just like targeted battles. Um, and like, on paper, that kind of sounds like, oh, okay, well, I just have to run around and keep getting <laughs> into these battles. That doesn't sound very interesting. But somehow. They did it, in a like, I guess just because the battle system is so interesting and this world that we're about to explore is so interesting that it, it, it really, really works, in my opinion.
0: And I guess with that, maybe we should get into our very first one, which is where we left off last time, right? Like, the very last thing we talked about was talking to the first yeah. Seath Stone and uh, getting our first mission. And as I've told everybody before the podcast, very excited for this one because of the text. Because whenever you... Start a mission whenever you (laughs) communicate with the Seath Stone. It'll kind of uh, you'll get a little screen where it shows you what the mark is, who you're hunting, and then a description of that creature, and then some thoughts from the Lesee or the Seath who tried to do that mission and failed like the one who's actually giving it to you, right? And uh, the very first mission that we have is let me roll all the way up to the top. What's his name? It's Pond Scum, or Pond Scum is the name of the mission.
2: Yeah, the, the 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 title of the mission is Pond yeah. Scum,
0: and the mark is the Ecto Pudding. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: And I I want to talk about the Ecto Pudding a little bit as well. Um, we can see the silhouette of it in a kind of who's that Pokemon it's type Pikachu. Way, and it, it looks like a flan.
1: Oh, okay, <laughs>
2: it is Pikachu. Um, but yeah, it looks like a, a flan, and I was kind of looking into it, and I was like, okay, Ecto Pudding. Pudding is a thing that has been in previous Final Fantasy games. Like it was. The, as a four. What was it, the yeah. rainbow pudding in Final Fantasy IV? Mm-hmm. As, as like a rare drop that you got from... I well, uh, a yeah,
0: flan is a kind of pudding, right? Yeah, like custard.
2: Yeah, and, and the flan enemy, um, I think, is what what dropped the pudding. I can't remember. It's been so long since we've covered it. Have that. you all
0: had flan?
3: I don't like it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I don't like it. It's one of my favorite things.
4: It could be good, but I've had some that are pretty bad, too.
2: Do you guys, more importantly, do you remember when... We got, like, a meme a month, and we thought that that was, like, uh, pretty, fa- like, uh, the days of, like, oh, shit, here, here come that boy, and, you know, like, all that shit. But one month, it was just Flan was the big meme that everyone was just posting a picture of, like, a stock photo of Flan and just making Flan puns. Like, that was a big thing in, like...
3: Flan, know your memes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just this random flan uh, images. Yeah, it's
0: if it's not on, no, your meme it, did, it doesn't count.
3: Maybe I, <laughs> perhaps
0: I dreamt
2: it,
3: but um, I see a picture of Flanders, which is just flan with Flanders face on. it. <laughs>
2: yeah, awesome. yeah. I think it was a lot of shit like that, but I think um, uh, uh, the first appearance of flan in Final Fantasy, I think, was Final Fantasy two, where like that uh, that character mm. that enemy type okay. was called a flan. Um,
3: I love the flans.
4: So, could, could we just talk about how like the Seath stone is like twenty
2: feet away? Yeah, from the yeah. So, well, so it's interesting, <laughs> gotten so close.
3: It's a very, uh, it's a very good tutorial seethstone. Instead of sending you on a freaking goose yeah. chase to like
4: f- three maps away or whatever, have to
2: run past three fucking behemoths or something. Or <laughs> yeah.
4: There are some terrible ones, but this one is yeah, it's just right in front of it.
0: Well, I, I do think it's pretty interesting that all of the. Uh, missions that we're able to take pretty much until the next chapter are kind of in a line and not like in a straight line all the way to the end but like this mission pond scum will take us to a pond where we fight the mark and right beside that mark will be mission two which will take us to an area which is pretty much beside mission three and it Mm kind of leads us through the different areas and takes us to the different places uh around the step.
2: It's a pretty good way to like organically get you to explore this world kind of on a path, but it's still, it's like following a path in Breath of the Wild or any other open world game where you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. what's that in the distance? Let me go. Oh, I see a treasure sphere over there. Let me go deviate a little bit. So it kind of just incentivizes through this mission system, a, a very kind of like, again, like linear quote unquote way of just being like one, two, three, four, five, like, Yeah. but it gets you to cover a lot of ground.
4: Yeah, some of the missions also act as, like, fast travel points, which are going to be, like, crucial later on, more or less. And also, like, the more walking you do now, the better, because it'll help with Mm -hmm. the money later on, like, without revealing too much. Like, the more walking you do right now, the more (laughs) your money problems will be solved down the line. (laughs) So, it's worth it.
3: Especially, I think... After we uh, unlock, I think the fourteenth yeah. mission, we have a, oh, yeah. a, a a tool to help us find some good um a good gill.
2: Mm-hmm. Curtis, do you want to talk about why you're so excited? Yes, I, talk I do want to talk about one that. One
0: That's mission. literally what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I so like I said, it gives you a little blurb about the enemy and some of the the Lassies thoughts about it uh, before, like before they fought it. And I like that this Lassie refers to the Ecto pudding as that gelatinous rube. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> get his ass. Even <laughs> Hundreds of years later, he's, you know, <laughs> you've been turned Relatable. to fucking like, a seeth stone. You've failed your mission, but you're still able to just burn their ass from all the way over here. You fucking gelatinous rube. <laughs> Th-
2: this Lassie must be much smarter than that gelatinous rube of whom we know nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it is kind of sad like that you have to imagine that Every one of these, like, uh, sayings from these La Cie or from these sea stones, a lot of them are very hopeful. They're like, yeah, no problem. I'm going to go take care of this guy. Go to a crystal slumber for a few hundred years. No problem. And you're like, oh, they didn't make it. <laughs> what happened?
2: <laughs> yeah. And like Stephen was saying, this one's so close. It's like, you were so gung-ho to kill this guy. What like, happened? You were so ready. And then it's just like... Yeah what,
0: yeah, what if he's like on his way to do it? Like the Lassie's like, oh, there's the pond right there. Time to just walk over here. And oh no! And like becomes the sea. <laughs>
2: Like, before I get into this, let me just tie my shoe really quick. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm going to rest my eyes for 15 minutes. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> you ever, like, uh, you ever walking and you step on one of um, your shoelaces and accidentally untie it, you know? And, like, the, the Seath brand, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. increases during time of distress. <laughs> and, so you, <laughs> and so you're, like, walking <laughs> over to it, you accidentally untie your own shoe, and you're like, God damn it! And they, <laughs> the, like, eye on your brand opens up. No! <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's like you know when you're walking on the sidewalk and some of it's like just a little, little bit, trip, just a little bit and you catch yourself completely but it's like you get that sinking feeling <laughs> and it like and then you think everyone around you saw it and you feel super embarrassed. A fucking
0: idolun comes out of nowhere. <laughs> no, not now.
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to get to the corner store. Yeah. Huh? But yeah, this, this us was tragically very, very uh, hopeful, saying I only need to slay this and uh, to avoid becoming a seeth. like how many years it must it have been since I left the village in pursuit of that vile uh, pest. My brand will not wait forever. I must kill it and quick. And then when I awaken from my crystal slumber, I can help to repair the ruin it left in its wake. Which
0: I I don't know what kind of ruin this thing would be causing, because it's kind of bitch made. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> easy uh, fight. I, I wrote in my notes, zero hit flying because he didn't even hit me didn't even hit me he didn't even get an attack off get out of here
4: yeah i finished in 50 seconds (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) i
3: also like to ask what kind of falci had it out for this active pudding yeah, that's a good point. And how long yeah. has it been out on the loose?
2: Yeah, the missions that we get are like so grandiose and it's like you must like restore a, a sleeping god by wreaking havoc and killing countless people and, and It's like, <laughs> oh, I gotta go and beat up this uh low-level enemy in an endgame area.
1: <laughs> this
2: fucking rube owes me five dollars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fucking gelatinous rube.
4: There's one mission later where the guy's literally like i i spent my whole life hunting and now my like life or death mission is i have to hunt this thing like i'm so sick of this (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i mean some of the other ones are really tragic too
0: some of them are fucked up where it'll be like it just takes a person and it's like yeah go kill that adamantois and you're like what (laughs) like the person will be like you're shitting me right (laughs) like (laughs) that's not possible (laughs) impossible it's a fiction. It's impossible. Can't be done. <laughs> yeah, it
4: never happened.
0: <laughs> we made it up. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> Ecto guy had it easy.
0: Yeah, there's really not much to say about him. He, you kind of just push him over, and he's done. But
1: uh, yeah, he's just
3: a guy. But uh, do you also do we want to like mention like this whole environment because we only like got. Let's
1: like, talk a, about the step.
3: Yeah, because we we t- we got a quick like cutscene kind of get a grand like look at it, but. Especially after once the mission is getting on, all getting along, we're going to have to get real familiar with the layout, I think. Yeah, for sure. Especially because we noticed that the map does not orient north, and there's no way to lock it. Oh, it sure oh doesn't. It sure doesn't.
2: I didn't notice that until you pointed it out, and until I got deeper and deeper into the missions. And... Like I said, I really like this system. I'm having fun with it. But there are so many things where, like, in my brain, I'm like, there is so many easy quality of life choices that they could have made to just make this slightly better. Like you were saying. Square fix your game. Like, (laughs) have an option to set the map to always be pointing north so that you don't get turned around when you see something shiny in the distance and move your camera. And then you're like, wait, which direction was I going? Now east is west and and up is down. What (laughs) the fuck? Up (laughs) is down?
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) I did find out I had to kind of do with the... uh... I guess the kind of old-fashioned way is that uh, when you when you pull up the map hitting square on the, or I guess X or whatever, it'll show you the map oriented wherever the camera's facing. But um, like in the sky, um, you can actually see Cocoon is laid out on like the upper left. If you're facing north in the upper north left of the screen and you can actually kind of use that as a way marker like okay where's the where's cocoon and you like you're yourself facing cocoon and now you know like everything yeah, yeah. that that's your way it's marker like it's like that's your north
0: when it, when it comes to like adding a compass to the ff13 map and i always go i'm always joking like square fix your game put there put a compass in it i want to cite i want to cite precedent for this because <laughs> there's precedent for it the ds remake of final fantasy 3 came out in 2006 and they added auto battle to it in a patch. In
2: 2020, 14 yeah. years after
0: the game came out. <laughs> and they were like, yo, this just should have auto
2: battle. And they were right.
0: It's great with auto battle.
2: Yeah, in the year 2020, they were like, oh shit, we need to add auto battle before the 3DS servers get shut down so we can never patch it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I
4: should be mentioned too that um, if you hit square on the map, it'll open a mission list. Yes. Oh, so yeah. if you have like interact with any seed stones. It'll show you where they are on the map, but I believe it only works for the seed zones that are on the map you are currently on, so if you have to oh, like, oh, yeah. walk yeah. to another area and it warps you to a different map, like it won't really show you that stuff. Yeah,
2: okay. and this is a, that's another thing that I kind of grew to have a problem with. And again, just complaining about an old game and wishing that there was more consideration of things that are kind of just standard in open world games in 2022. So doesn't feel like a fair thing to complain about, but I'm still going to complain about it. Um, <laughs> the UI to me is is kind of hard to read because it's like they're just like the sea stones that you see are just gray and if they're dormant they're like a transparent gray and the map is like the same one that we've been looking at where it's kind of like a you know like a a light teal or like kind of like a greenish hue um you know kind of sci-fi looking and like there's a lot of things on here there's like uh yellow sea stones that will unlock and become what, what they call waypoints or waystones i think that let you teleport um but it's just like, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, I have, like, upwards of, like, 17 sea stones like, active in this zone, and I have no fucking idea which one is the one that I need to find next to get my next mission, and I just keep, like, looking all around, I'm like, oh, there's one that's flashing, I, like, with the moving compass and everything someone in like my Twitch chat will be like, Oh, you were just by it. It's to the left or something, but I'll have moved the map enough to be like, well, now I don't know which way left is. The it. So again, it's just a nitpicky yeah. thing. Um, I'm well, having it's like, trouble like I was now. just
0: saying, you have to do everything. Cocoon words are away from. Cocoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the,
2: the active ones
4: do pulse like a little bit, but it's, it's almost from like a white to a white. So it, It's hard to really see, and then ones you've already completed are
0: like a little bit more bluish. Yeah, it is tough. Everything is some version of like translucent.
2: I'm, I'm like looking at one that I already activated that's next to another one that I already activated and completed. I'm like, are, am I losing my mind or are these flashing a little bit? And then I'm like, no, they're not. I need to go to another part of the map and see the flashing one.
0: (laughs) Square clearly did not have. Me and my old age, with my failing eyesight in mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The flash is very subtle because it is a, like a
3: very like light blue, and it's just subtly like flashing when it's active. And it's also very small. I wish you can like change the scale. Like if this is a PC game, you could like scale like the UI elements and like see yeah. however And also colorblind mode where it's like boost the contrast. Yeah. of everything. That was
2: another thing I was thinking of too. It's like imagine
3: I... again playing this on a not on an early like plasma that just is reads like shit and <laughs> i
2: was gonna say i definitely
4: played this on like a 13 inch screen when it first came out because like i just did mm. not have an hd TV. the way yeah. it was
0: intended <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's so that's the dumb map but we should also talk about the area as well yeah and my first question i wanted to ask you about the area is how do you pronounce it we yeah, last episode we were like is it archalit
3: is it archy Arky, archalit or, yeah or I, gl- I
2: i'm bowing out i have no idea how it's supposed to be pronounced
3: well thankfully there's like only every every uh, area i think there's six or i think seven because i guess oerba is its own thing which we'll talk about a few episodes from now but there's the media which is where we came from there's the step there's the massif, which is like the mountainous region there's the subterra which is the tunnels the springs and the tower and those are kind of where
0: most of our stuff will be happening in this chapter. There's an answer. Well, it's on <laughs> it's on answers.microsoft.com. So so you
2: know it's true.
0: Yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Oh, but Game facts. Game facts. Dot. Uh, here we go. Is there a
3: Japanese? Is it written in, in like a phonetic way in Japanese? Oh, you word? know
0: what? That actually is. Yeah, that would be the right way to do it. Harukiya to zei
3: I call it the Great Plains in this one.
0: <laughs> well, let me just say that according to Microsoft Answers, the, <laughs> the, the pronunciation of it is Archielete.
2: Archielete. Okay. Mm-hmm. Archielete. R. Kelly. Interesting. History, Ar- uh, oh no! Great monster of history.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will call it the step.
3: <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. That's why I was thinking. Like there's every. Thankfully, there was no duplicate of uh, certain terrained areas. So I'm just gonna call it the step.
2: Um, or the steppy yeah
3: it feels like cuz it's spelled with a p e at
2: the end <laughs>
3: but yeah like um when we first arrived here um i immediately thought, like oh this is just a, this is the calm lens but like what they were kind of going for when the when ff10 came yeah. out yeah cuz it's it's constantly daylight uh there are like fissures in the ground and there's also like multiple layers of things and you can't hop over unless you have like a Chocobo or something spoilers I- I didn't
0: think about this, by the way, uh, until you just said it just now. Is the sun out? Is there a sun? Does this planet rotate? I was thinking that when I was
4: playing this morning, I was like, Cocoon, their falsies are the sun and everything. Yeah, but like, they yeah. have a fake sun. Pulse doesn't have a falsie that's the sun. Where's their man, sun Man, what if from?
2: Pulse is just another cocoon and cocoon's a cocoon inside of that cocoon? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just in the cocoon, man. I'm
4: sure the Ultimania has Well, Cocoon's th-
3: facing inwards, so they kinda need a, a, a fake sun, so maybe they're back mm-hmm. away from the real sun. I don't know.
2: Yeah, and it's again, like we- we've talked about how the camera controls in this game and it's kind of strange, so it's not even like like I didn't even think to look at a sun, even though on uh, this season of Bonfire Side Chat, uh, they're talking about Elden Ring, and at the beginning of that season, they were saying that there was no sun, and that everything is, is lit by the Erd tree, and then people pointed out, like, no, there's definitely a sun, so they just doubled down on it, they're like, there is no sun in Elden Ring. So I'm gonna do the same thing in, in their in their, um, say there is no sun in Pulse. I have no
0: sun. <laughs> 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 well, I typed in Pulse Sun... FF13 into Google, and while I didn't see any articles or <laughs> any pages about it, the first one that came up is just all the falsy ranked, and I was like, what?
1: And
2: of course.
0: Oh. I feel like it's pretty lame. They rank Orphan as number one. Come on.
1: That's number dumb. Four. You
2: number yeah, yeah, four. You won't believe number four. If you won't believe number four. The bulkhead falcy made it on here. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we've probably talked about this. There's gotta be a toilet falcy right? Like a, a real weirdo? Like a It's like
0: the Quagmire face
3: where his face <laughs> is a toilet. <laughs> Did you uh, see in uh, Nautilus there was that guy who was like there has to be a Falci for making these things smell better? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he just like us for real, for real. Is there isn't there a Falcy in charge of deodorizing these things <laughs> in response to the chocobos?
2: Yeah, he's he's standing at the opposite end of the pervert who's like real into the musk of the chocobo. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's <that's> true. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's beautiful. There's uh I what I love like or I don't even know if we went into it, but I feel like this is like very refreshing coming from a lot of open world games that I've played recently. Like it's everything feels kind of hilly and natural, and also just how much stuff, like including living things, are just in frame. And it all feels the time.
2: alive. It, it does. doesn't feel
3: like things were just mechanically <laughs> placed on a parking lot yeah. <laughs> of, yeah. of a level. Yeah. Like you see these those giant AnaMantos clomping around on like the horizon. There's uh, there's even there's like little sections the where they the like conglomerate yeah. too.
4: Yeah, there's mm-hmm. like different sections where different enemy types will hang out and like cluster and nest and um there's even some areas where you have to backtrack to even get to them later yeah Um, yeah. and it's just really interesting to like explore up until a point it it is a little like once you've done it the first time the second time you have to run through the giant like middle ground area yeah yeah a little bit of a slog Mm
0: um you could kind of mentally break down parts of the step into their own little spaces and like mm-hmm. the part you're talking about the middle space is definitely real that's definitely like a chunk of it yeah because to get from here to the the what's the underground the subterranean or whatever do mm-hmm. you just have to cross that giant middle section yeah
4: Yeah. But like, that's the thing that is great about these missions is that this will kind of guide you in exploring the area over time. And there are some areas too, where there's enemies that you're not ready to fight yet. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, So they kind of expect you to go there later. So following these missions, it gives you a little bit of a path to explore the area in a safe, comfortable environment and like still complete some pretty
0: major things. And let me say, I did fight every enemy, even if I knew I wasn't supposed to fight them yet. I was like, I just have to see. I just have to see how many digits of damage the Adamant toys will do with one stomp. And it's five digits.
2: I, I just need to see how how quickly I can do nothing and then die to this giant turtle stomping around. And then you just <laughs> yeah. get into the battle, and like you don't, you have like five seconds of the song starting up, and it just steps once, and your whole party's dead. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay, I'm <laughs> gonna first steer clear time. Of them. <laughs>
0: The first time I fought one, just to like see what was going to happen, I, uh, I attacked immediately, and Lightning was able to run up and then jump into the air to attack the, uh, the face of the Adamant toys. It stomped once, so I didn't see the numbers for the, my people on the <laughs> ground. And then I just landed, and both of my characters are dead who are still on the ground. And I was like, oh, it's like that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Except one more time, I see like 15,000 damage pop up. I'm like, oh my god.
2: There, there is some cool environmental storytelling as well around here if you look for it, like, it's way later, it's it's after quite a few missions, but, um, we find a place where there's just a bunch of, like, baby, uh, adamantoys, just kinda all hanging out together, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, two ways to get there. Uh, they're behind, like, a giant cliff, but there's, like, a small passage that can let you through, and there's a big adamantoys kinda just standing in that cliff, and on the other side of it are three of those, like, pantheron type creatures, like, not squaring up with the toys, but like standing there, like they want to get in there and go after the babies, but the big one's just like, nah, you're not getting in here.
0: Yeah. It's and so really I was like, good. that's really, it's really, really
2: cool. Like, I, I like how they did that. It is yeah,
3: Valley of Giants. Like, they all kind of, it's, pr- they're also very peaceful. I like that the, they don't aggro you. You can kind of bump, if you bump into them, you will initiate them and, uh, I also like there's sometimes because they count as enemies. There are some that are just guarding an item. They're just like sitting there, just no yeah. For <laughs> it's like an God item. damn it, I can't get that item. Speaking of items, a little detail I liked that just seems very fun is that there's um, this gremlin enemies will just occasionally be circling and praising like an item ball. <laughs> I know. They'll be like <laughs> oh, worshiping yeah. it. It's uh, so good, <laughs> which is cool. They're like dancing around it, like it's uh, even if you've like destroyed them and clicked the item later, they'll still be like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, them. like praise the. Orb. I gotta
2: wonder. Um... Just in terms of like the, the history of technology and everything, we kind of talked about it a little bit that like, you know, Pulsian technology is kind of more relatable. It's, it's more Earth-like, whereas Cocoon technology is more sci-fi and futuristic. And so like these treasure spheres, I don't think they're a product of Pulse I'm trying yeah. to, like, figure out, like, oh, I, I yeah, wonder I if that's know. in the Ultimanium anywhere. Because it's like, if they're, like, if we're to think, like, oh, they're worshipping this thing, because it's like, oh, it fell from the sky and...
0: Yeah, it fell from Cocoon or something. Yeah,
2: and, and, like... It could be
3: leftover trash from, like, the war or whatever. It fell yeah, like, when yeah. they when
2: the ships were bringing, uh, you know, shit from Pulse to, like, patch up Cocoon or whatever.
3: I mean, got a page on it, but it doesn't really say a lot about, like...
2: I need to read the data the log about treasure spheres, I guess.
3: <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean...
0: You could just probably just f- fell out of cocoon at some point. I'm sure that we will continue to talk about the sections of the step, but I would say in the meantime, let's continue our missioning because after we beat the ecto pudding, the next Seathstone is right beside him,
2: and it is called Goodwill Hunting. That is not that a has joke. to be
0: a reference to something. Hmm. Uh,
2: reference to Patch Adams. <laughs> yeah, this,
0: this pond also has a bunch of sheep like walking around it does,
1: oh, Yeah, the, it the does. little sheep
2: sheeps are just mm-hmm. um
0: and they'll they're so cute your party will actually like comment on them if you hang around the sheep for a little bit they'll be like oh look at these little guys except fang she's mean she's like oh looks like a dull way to live <laughs> yeah yeah she does say that yeah i think hope says like he's like oh well they've managed to to be here and not be eaten so kind of like saying like oh if they could do it we can do it yeah They are very slow and
3: very uh, small, so, yeah. Yeah. They're like the kakapo of this world where, like, (laughs) they somehow have no natural predators despite everything. So they're very dumb and very easy to, like... (laughs) Very easy to shear, as we'll see.
2: The only um, mm. the only predator that they have are uh, the people of Cocoon who uh, capture them to bring them to Nautilus as a <laughs> mascot and for a petting zoo.
0: And maybe the soda is their gross milk blood. <laughs> 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 anyway, Goodwill Hunting has us going after the. Uridimu, mm-hmm. which is like a pantheron, but more scurry.
2: Yeah, and the way that this battle kind of works is that it's not just the Uridimu that we have to worry about, but also the, uh, the Gorgon Opsids that are... Which, um,
0: e- yeah... That's one of the, what have what we been calling pantherons? That's like the natural pulseian pantheron, right? Yeah,
2: I, I called them bipedal and you yelled at me, so. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it again, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So in Final
4: Fantasy 13 fashion, they're once again slowly introducing you to the idea that when you take on these marks, there might be other enemies with them as yeah. well. Yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
3: The beasts. That's what they're
2: yeah. called. And and the the Seath is kind of reminiscing about this as well and says, like, oh, you know, like today is the day I put an end to that troublesome uh Ur Uridimu. Um but like the problem is that it's got a pack of loyal uh Gorgon you know, George Stephanopoulos or whatever. Gorgonzola's. <laughs> um, the, the master alone is a worthy enough foe, must I face the hounds as well, which makes it, you know, a more challenging fight. If it was just a, a single fight of killing the mark, it wouldn't be a problem, but like Steven was saying, there's often a lot more going on with these yeah. fights. Speaking of
0: which, um, I thought this fight was plenty challenging. I think I might have died once on it. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't an easy victory for me.
2: Yeah, it's not. Yeah. These things have um, the virulent breath, which can cause like poison and do some status stuff to you. So it's it's not just like a, oh, well, we just have to fight and and win. It's um, it's definitely kind of challenging.
0: Yeah.
4: I think too that like the missions are kind of designed. With the intention that you switch up your party mm. to face them, mm-hmm. and like some will have certain like weaknesses over others, and but like in true fashion, I'm just like no, nah, I'm keeping oh, my party. I'm just gonna
2: bash my head against this. Side. I was gonna like, say, uh,
0: as all of us will agree, we we all just stick with the party that we like, and we're like no. I am excited, especially to talk Carl. About one
2: of the missions coming up, yeah, uh, <laughs> eventually. Because oh my god, speaking of though, what's everyone's party? What's everyone's uh, core party that they're taking on these enemies with?
0: I started with lightning hope and fang and i have not deviated from that yet because that seems to be that seems like a good op as hell Mm -hmm.
4: yeah so uh lightning hope and fang is what i use to tackle most of the game i think for this part i had saz instead of hope just for the haste Uh but i would switch him out with hope every now and again but then near the end i actually just switched to lightning hope and saz because i was like all buffs all fight yeah like, oh no, yeah. no aggro no saboteur nothing actually that's uh, a better really idea to try
0: to get through because what i would do i sometimes i would switch out a uh, fang for snow because snow <laughs> is like fang except has ravager and so i could use try disaster to build uh uh my stagger real fast but now that you're saying that saz probably would have been a better one to switch out for although i wouldn't have sentinel but yeah. i might not it, need yeah. it for some of these fights
4: for some of them definitely having a sentinel or a saboteur does help for sure but i really found so my party i did most of all of the fights leading up till this point like i just did all of them this was the one point where i was like i'm just skipping everything i'm just hitting my marks (laughs) and i just want to see how far i can get and i got all the way up to mission 14 that way Mm -hmm. so like it if you do try to play it strategically like these are very doable yeah, um, but
2: I think that's what's um, what's interesting about this battle system, um, which I learned the hard way by bashing my head against one of these missions for two straight hours until I finally was able to win. Um, but my team is going to be Fang, Vanille, and Lightning, probably for most of it. I, I am coming to some missions where I'm like, well, I don't want to just keep bashing my head against this and try to make it work. I need to think of an actual strategic thing of who to like tag in and stuff. But um, I, I think it's very interesting that this game kind of is built in a way that in most of these situations, if you really want to, you can probably make it work. Like that might not always be the case. I think there's definitely going to be some battles where it's like, no, you're going to really want to use this specific role, but it is nice that like, it gives you these options to get creative with what you know.
0: When we, uh, <laughs> when we finally like way down the line, max Vanille out She'll have some things that she can do that make her very like. Oh, I'm just gonna have Vanille on the tap all the time. Yeah, I <laughs> I wish
4: I could talk about that because she, <laughs> she just so becomes ridiculous. ultimately. Like, you, <laughs> she'll just kill everything. There's
0: a skill that you learn and you like sit there and you go, wait, what? She she learned what? <laughs>
4: and and I, I don't want to talk too much about it because spoilers and whatnot. But like those abilities too are hidden. Like if you just hit auto battle, they'll never come up. Yeah. yeah. So like you. there's parts of this game that are like really hidden, but so worth it to figure out. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, It's, it's so cool. It, it, it just makes me want to keep playing and, and trying different things. You know, I I say as someone who is only using this party and refusing to deviate, (laughs) that gives you a lot of different things where you're like, okay, this isn't working. So I need to switch up my paradigms and try starting with this paradigm versus that one. And, um,
4: And so often, I I hit retry, I get the preemptive strike, and it's over in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) when you hit the preemptive, it
0: makes such a difference.
2: Yeah. Uh, But uh, I'll I'll also say there's a fight that I've kind of stuck on right now, later on. uh, We won't get to it today, but um, I have been getting preempts, and it feels like it doesn't do anything. It's like, yeah, it gives me a little (laughs) bit better of a start, but I still am not able to beat this the way that I'm trying it.
0: Interesting. Well... We also get mission rankings when we beat a mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, the the battle, like, the actual battle, like, how we did on it out of stars is tallied for us. And so, if we go into our mission list on the map, you see that. And there is an achievement for getting five stars on every mission. So, at some point, I'll have to go back and get the ones that I missed. Yeah. Uh, or I missed Ooh. getting five stars on. And it gets harder because as you level up and get better equipment, the conditions for getting five stars become tighter. So... It, Mm, it, yeah. It's it's interesting.
2: Yeah, I'm off to a really good start with that on the first two missions because I got one star on the ecto pudding one, and I got uh, zero <laughs> stars on Goodwill Hunting. Somehow. <laughs> I guess maybe Goodwill like,
0: Hunting is the one I have my lowest rating on. Yeah, so.
2: it it like we were saying, like they they're doable, but th- there can be some challenge to it.
0: Yeah, definitely. But yeah, we get we get a uh, we get equipment for, or, I mean different things. We get equipment. We get items for beating these uh, missions as well. Um we get a lot a lot of um what is it, Rhonda site or cron site or whatever?
2: Yeah, one of the like You get a lot of
0: those, mm-hmm. I noticed. Or like the Cobaltite things like that. We get a lot of those ones. But I just wanted to mention that real fast as we go along, just to be like, oh hey, we're getting some interesting stuff as we go. And a lot of this stuff is worth money. Like for instance, our third mission that we can find right after we beat the Uradimu, Uh it's called Massive Contamination. And we have to go fight Ugalu for mm. this one. Lord but of for its winning peaks. it, we get a platinum bangle, which like we could have upgraded to getting already. But if we haven't and you want to just sell the platinum bangle, it sells for like 30,000 gil. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We're, we're definitely getting to points where we can get some gil in this area.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. This is the spot. Um. I also did see the dragon from the pulse intro cutscene, the one that attacked the ship and caused Vanille and Hope to, like, get ejected out the uh, side.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
4: I was, like, walking through the valley, and it, like, swooped down. Um, so, like, again, just, like, little things that you might not see if you're not going for the missions, um, but they're there.
0: We should talk about the valley, too, because it's technically a different area. Um, and this is where we're going to fight the Ugalu, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So there's a yeah.
0: attached area called the yaschas massif
2: Question Sounds mark? good to me
0: or the massif yeah. as i'll call it
4: remember it because if you need to warp later you need to know that that's where this is
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes the mountainous
0: region that's kind of i love this area it's it's like a it's a, cool area. a canyon that's very like uh like, a, like there's a lot of like plants growing but it's a canyon at the same time it's very interesting mm-hmm. and you see a lot of these like very tall like like they're like dandelions but they're multiple tree uh heights tall it's very interesting i really like this area
2: um before the music is just bossa
0: nova Mm. Mm.
2: oh yeah so good Mm. like a bossa nova beat it's it's like a bossa. such a grooving (laughs) (laughs) um there was something kind of cool near the sea stone for mission 3 where it was like Alex was Mm. saying those gremlin enemies who are just like around a treasure chest that um we have to kill them to get and I found this fight really interesting because I got a preemptive strike on it and was able to like finish it in like a minute and 30 seconds and I was like oh cool like you know, easy. I feel kind of like I cheesed that a little bit. What was
0: the what was the target time on that one? So
2: the target time on that one, I did get five <laughs> stars because the target time was fucking fourteen minutes and thirty one seconds. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, if I didn't. Have did we pretty- talk about this last time, or did we talk about it off air? I can't. I I can't remember. Um, if we did. It's apologies. worth saying again, either way. But yeah, I think um, is this one of the uh, mechanics where the enemies can call in additional enemies during the fight, Mm -hmm. which becomes a real fucking shitty mechanic the deeper we get into these missions. Like this isn't a mission one, but I guess this is the game kind of like preparing you for that with like some enemies that are at least pretty easy to deal with. But I saw 14 minutes. I was like, I'm not doing this the real way. No,
0: I went back and I waited and I wanted to see what they would call in. And they called in a fucking behemoth king. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think
2: we did talk about this. And it's like, oh, my God, dude, (laughs) like it's yeah, it's scary. (laughs) This this area is scary. As beautiful as it is, as soothing as the overworld music is, um, it's fucking terrifying
0: it feels wild it feels like a wild untamed world because like every step really could be your last step you just like get into a fight with something that you don't think is going to be a big deal and it just wipes the floor with you You you're just like
2: what the fuck you can be walking along minding your own business and an aerial enemy just swoops down and starts a battle with you yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely it's incredible especially so on the uh, the massif as well because like there's parts where we like walk alongside the canyon walls on like um these little like predetermined paths and there are flying enemies that we run into and they're kind of tough like um they uh, they constantly do like a, a ground spin move that hits all of your party members and when you first get there that spin move does like a third of every party member's health and mm. it attacks so often and when you finally stagger it It will do, like, a multi-hit physical attack on one of your party members that will just kill them. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just straight-up kill them, like, from full HP. So it's very dangerous. And so it definitely does feel like taking on wild beasts.
2: Yeah, there's certain, like, points, like, I was just kind of exploring around to see what I could find, and I got to the northern high plane of the Arclight step or however you say it, and it just suddenly felt like Silent Hill. Because there was like a, yeah. a deep fog that happened, and then just a bunch of like yeah, behemoth yeah. enemies and stuff, and I was just like, "I need to get the fuck out of here." Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it's foggy, I think it's easier to actually like avoid them because they can't see you
2: as well. Yeah, as far as like oh, I can they're tell just me. as scared of you as you are of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that like um, that is one very nice thing about it. Like it, the CP now in our Crystarium is expensive enough that. Mm-hmm. It does take a little battling to get even, like, a node. You might have to do two or three battles. But there are so many battles here. Like, there's so much to do and like, the areas that you need to go to. Like, we can kind of, like, pass over and say, like, okay, we're at one end of the Massif, and then we're on the other end. But that might be an hour-long walk. And so it's a lot of battles to get into. But It is incredibly satisfying to fight, like for instance, these like flying enemies, and they're so dangerous. And then by the time you're done with like mission ten or eleven, you come back and you're just annihilating them. Just like I don't even give a shit Mm -hmm. that these guys are here.
2: It's a cool way of like power leveling, but not just like going to one spot and farming one particular encounter. And like yeah, yeah. you're just like kind of going along at a, a pace that feels natural. And then you're like, oh shit, I'm getting strong as hell.
0: Right. Yeah. And like. The the H or the 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 stat up nodes that are in our Crystarium now, even though they're more expensive, they provide a lot more stats. So when I started, mm. I remember being like, "How exciting! Soon I will have 2,000 HP with lightning. That will be great to have." And you know, I have to get one HP node and then later another HP node, and they don't really come super fast because they're expensive, and there's all the other nodes in the way. But where I have the game left at, after I've done the first 16, 17 missions, I have over 3,000 now, I have like Mm 3,500 HP. So I've increased, I've almost doubled my HP just through walking through these couple missions. So even though it's not a lot of like plot, and it's not a lot of like uh, these big momentous events, We're really, really getting stronger if we walk through and actually fight everybody.
2: Another cool thing about it, too, (laughs) is if you're just going through the missions and fighting some random encounters here and there, um, your other team members that you're not using are also getting the CP. Hell yeah, they are it's nice to like look and just see how far you've come like I, at one point today I was like okay I might need to like tag in Saz or Snow or Hope or someone let's see how much you know XP they have or whatever and I saw it and it was literally six digits I hit a hundred thousand of like Christogen <laughs> points and I was just like oh like it meets back on the menu boys I was like so excited <laughs> and I ran through and like it did not do all that much like it, it got people pretty close to the end of one of their roles, but like not enough to get the ATB bar for some of uh or like just enough to get the atb bar addition for like saz and snow and like yeah. i'm trying to get that role level and i'm still just shy of it but with hope i went through and did one of his roles and i was like cool like let's see like how everyone looks now that i've leveled up completely and hope still has 1300 hp i'm like dude what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> get together
0: kid <laughs> i mean th- that is kind of fun though because like It's interesting because if you're, you know, to me, I haven't seen six digits of Crystarian points or Crystogen points. I barely ever see five because I get to like eight or 9,000 and I'm like, oh, that's a node. Let's just use it. Yeah. But like, Mm -hmm. if you think about six digits worth, that's like 11 nodes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it seems like, oh my God, I've never even seen that much before. But yeah, it's like
2: 11 nodes. It's, It's not... That much. It does cap at uh, all nines in six digits. I've heard, which okay. is going to be hard to get to. Yeah, <laughs> for na- for now at least.
0: Sure. Well, if we do a, if we do everything in the game and we do the Gill grind later, we'll we'll see it eventually.
2: Yeah, we will need that, I'm sure.
0: But yeah. Did
2: you watch the
4: cutscene at the end of the mission three?
0: Well, let's talk about mission three first. Then, how about and then we'll do the just because we haven't talked about the actual fight with the Ugalu. Sure, yeah, uh, which I didn't think was too bad, but no, um, definitely not. But it does attack constantly, and like the Ugalu is like a very fuzzy iridimu. I don't know, it's like another wolf character, but it's very like furry, but in very large. Mm And it, uh, it is just attacking all the time. And its swipe is like an area in front of it. So if your characters are just poorly positioned, you'll just all three get attacked with it over and over. It's kind of a motherfucker. He's not too bad, but he throws up damage, yeah. which like hope is Mwah, for this scene because you just throw protect up on everybody.
2: Oh yeah.
4: Well, and I also wrote debuffs uh, working like super well. So if you ah. have Fang who can cast Slow, I think it's susceptible to Slow, and that will like mm. cut its attack down like a lot. It's susceptible
2: yeah. as well yeah. to Imperil, which is mm. my your favorite go-to. That's my only move, and I'm gonna use it until the end of the game. It's that's a great move. <laughs> I just unlocked uh, Imperilga. With Vanille, and I'm just like, oh, oh, yeah, dude.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, I think one thing that we did leave off about uh, these missions, you earn ranks as you complete Mm. them. So, like, for this one, it was like your party has earned the rank of Mercy Fix.
4: (laughs) Mercy Fix. Yeah. 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 I don't know if those ranks do anything, and some of them seem like little jokes, Mm -hmm. even. Uh, in some of the missions, so yeah, it, it, they're, um, they're
2: they're they're like cute. I should look up like if they do anything or if there's any anything more than just being like you got like friend of a chocobo or whatever.
0: <laughs> 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 but yeah, there is a once we beat it, like very nearby, there's a a cutscene. It's a little silly. It's optional, right? Like we don't actually have to see it's this.
4: It's completely optional.
0: Now the uh, the cutscene you're talking about is the one with uh, Hope and Vanille, right?
4: Hope and Vanille. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, this isn't even, uh, I came across this by
3: mistake, not even having anything to do with the mission. I think it's just if you walk to a certain area of this map yeah, um, at a certain time and it'll just pop up.
4: There's like a little exclamation point that kind of like guides you towards it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it is technically optional. And I, you might even be able to do it kind of out of order if like I was going to say, I, I did this, this after. way later.
3: Yeah, I saw this way later. But, I went uh, back for it, I think, at some point.
4: Yeah, but it, it is just kind of right there by the end of Mission 3, so, like, maybe it catches your eye right before you do Mission 4, but uh, it basically is just Vanille and Hope talking to each other, and Vanille lies more.
2: Yeah, so she, yeah. she, needs to yeah, stop she loves lying, dude. All she knows is eat hot chip, good twerk, and lie and lie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Something on your mind? Huh? Oh, I, uh, I was just thinking.
4: About what? Something complicated?
1: (laughs) I was just taking it all in. The sky here, the trees, the sunlight, the smells.
4: She basically says to Hope that uh, Hope had promised her that they would see Pulse together. And he's like, what? Really? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, like, in another lifetime, maybe. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Which, like, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but then but then Hope's totally fine with it.
0: Um he gotta he like hope pulls it around on her, actually. He kind of like So he commits
2: the cardinal sin of telling her to smile. Fellas, ladies love it when you tell them they should smile more. Try this yeah. at home. <laughs> yeah. It's a pulse and tradition.
4: <laughs> then all of a sudden, Vanille's like, Wait, you like me like that? And I'm like, okay, so now Vanille has accused Saz and Hope of being attracted to her. Yeah.
0: Like <laughs> and, and specifically, and, the thing is that Hope, when he says it to her, he's like, he's like, oh, will you mm-hmm. do something for me? Keep smiling. It. It makes me happy when you smile. And then, yeah, the way she takes that is very like, oh my gosh, you're romantically like attracted to me. Of, I
3: didn't know you. Meant, like, yeah, I didn't know you felt. Like, yeah, she gets <laughs> that all that flustered.
0: Of-
4: yeah. And then Hope, Hope is just like, now nah, I was just kidding. <laughs> Bye.
2: Yeah,
0: he says, like, I lied,
4: too. Very weird
2: (laughs) scene, just all all across the board, very weird. Yeah, like, a little sweet, but, like, you know,
4: just, again, pointing to the fact that, like, Vanille is a liar and has
2: not yet come, like, to the truth with it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, and to me I keep falling for it because I'm like well what's the lore significance of this because we know she is from the crystal stasis of at least like hundreds of years ago or whatever like did she know is this some overarching thing that I'm going to read about in the data log that like hope was reincarnated from like this other thing that Vanille has and it's like no she's just fucking clowning on him or something like yeah yeah unless she
4: she basically admits that she can't even keep track of the lies anymore she just loves, um, you know, loves the, the only Which way I think is the best thing that comes out of that scene mm-hmm.
0: the the only way would she's saying when she's like maybe in another lifetime we promised to see poles together the only way that would make sense is if there was some kind of sequel where time travel was involved <laughs> and, say, <laughs> and so it could be possible that they did it in their lifetime but that would be a very very silly direction for thirteen two to go in. yeah
2: I don't think that the, <laughs> the fine developers over at Square, <laughs> Square Enix would do such a thing <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, yeah, so we continue along through the massive, Uh taking missions, kicking ass. What is uh, what is number we're four here? We're all out here? of ass. Remember, we're all out Ardoa. The ah, oh, the Adroa. Adroa, yeah. Ah, these these guys. This was my worst one. <laughs> I think I lucked out through this one
2: the one-eyed Adroa the, the classic big eye one eye enemy that we I mean mm-hmm. if you if you wanted to experience all the fun of the calm lands again where we had to fight one of those big eye things for like whatever material oh God, we had to yeah. farm them for uh here we are again because it's it's the yeah. same type of enemy
0: was it the triple AP weapons
2: I think so. I I don't even remember. I've scrubbed the... uh, Running through this... uh, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but running through this area on a chocobo made me just feel (laughs) intense anger because I remembered (laughs) running (laughs) on a (laughs) chocobo in the Calmlands.
0: Well, there's a group of these. So these are like the little gremlin enemies, right? And they have a single eye... And they're all hanging up on an area called the Ascendant Scarp, which like, is kind of like a, a rock that juts out from the uh, canyon wall. And they're all kind of up there dancing around. And there's a ton of them. And I ran right into the middle of them, like right into the center of them, attacked one of the back ones, and got a fucking preemptive. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) Like, I was like deep in the group. Uh, (laughs) They don't have have death perception. Yeah, they don't have have death perception. They only have
2: the one eye. I think... I think I did this one out of order by accident because I was very confused as to what the map was saying because, like, I think the mark mm-hmm. is in a separate yeah. area. Yes. And and it kind of shows you that by having a an icon on the screen of, like, the transition point from, like, the lower part to the upper part. Yeah. And I kept going to that thing and being like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? I, I keep getting to this thing that will usually, like...
3: That's the thing. It does, the, the mark won't show up until you've explored that area of the map. Yeah. So, like, the mark was completely... Or maybe it is there, but it was, like, completely off, like... The, yeah, you didn't know yeah. that the, the map continued that far off so you had to like zoom out all the way and like oh there's a little red dot over here in the area of the map I haven't been to yet on the lower level of the map so, I, or and
2: I was also five hours into my playthrough at this point so I was like my brain was just not there anymore and like mm. this is where it kind of starts getting very backtracky and I was just like oh my god dude, yeah, what the yeah. fuck am I doing wrong so I like went I found another sea stone that was the next mission and I was like okay well I can see the mark here I'll just go and do that and then that led me like it was in like the opposite direction so I had to run back and get the other sea stone and and redo the mission. I was just like, "God damn, dude!"
0: Yeah, but that and was
2: more more than anything. That was my own stupidity.
0: So
3: mm. it is weird when you like follow the mark to like to like hey go down this way to like find the mark, which is a yellow icon. and Then we go down there. The only yellow icon that's left is the one that goes back to the story, which is back
2: the way I, like, came, I was, so was worried compl- that there yeah, was, like, exactly. a glitch yeah. happening or something. Like, the game was bugged, and I was just like, cool. I was there when you were getting... Yeah. yeah, I was like, what is going on?
4: I remember going through that exact same thing, like, way back in, like, 2010 or whatever. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's, it's just an issue. But, like, once you kind of figure out, like, how that all works... Mm-hmm it just leads you through this big long valley um to where these guys are and
0: there's also the, some more of those hot pepper flans on the way yeah the hot pepper
4: flans. Um, the, the flower, uh, Vespids. Yeah, I love like, those. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Those There's me- these bulb, looks like the top of Bulbasaur just like hanging like all oh, these beautiful little like They fl- just look like, like flowers.
0: flowers and you don't even know that they're an enemy. <laughs> yeah.
3: They pop up. Like, it seems like something I meant from Zelda. Yeah. 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 So, like this thing will pop up from a plant and just like ambush you. You just get swarmed
2: by like three of them. It was a pizza yeah. hut. Now it's all covered with daisies. That's a lyric, right? I don't Yeah. It's a talking heads. You got it. Okay. You got it. <laughs>
4: But when you fight these Ardoas, they also come with these ver delays, mm. and those are the ones you want to focus on because they're the ones that summon giant wolves. Yeah, they can <laughs> summon the they,
0: goddamn ugalu that we just fought, and it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, not again!"
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is so. I <laughs> did not get a preemptive, and this battle took me eight minutes.
0: Yeah, it, I I very much lucked out on that one, like because I think aren't they like immune to magic too yeah or like yes. damage
2: it, it took me a while to realize like oh no i need to be doing commando here yeah you'll get the stagger you'll get the stagger up,
4: yeah but you won't actually be doing any damage it just says block right right
0: which i didn't like the way i had my party set up at the time i only have paradigms that have fang as uh commando mm-hmm. so i was like okay well i have to So Fang is going to do barely anything, and I just need to concentrate with Lightning and Hope on just getting that stagger bar up. But even when the stagger bar is up, then Fang's going to be the only one who can really do the damage, and I have to wait for her to actually do it. So it was kind of interesting, but it ended up not being too bad.
2: The nice thing is that you always have the option to do like Ravager um, if if commando skills aren't like if a, a physical skills aren't working or the strikes, I think uh, it, on the flip side of it. But like when you're just thrown into this battle where there's giant beasts being summoned and there's like already six enemies that like are hard to fight anyway. Like you're not really yeah, thinking no. that or at least I wasn't like I, I definitely struggled with this battle and had to do it for a while. and and retry it quite a bit yeah this was the start of my i'm dumb and gonna keep doing the same thing over and over again uh, (laughs) until i can make it work
0: so uh speaking of like you know we were talking about how like uh we're trying to keep our own parties and stuff this may not be entirely true but it might be a rule of thumb if you're playing along with us that like i find hope is better Like, if we're saying, like, Vanille and Hope as two characters who are kind of similar, but have their own, like, special differences, I think Hope is better in a multiple enemy situation. Because a lot of Vanille's skills, until you get in peril, are only going to affect one at a time. You're only going to be able to, like, you know, uh, uh, saboteur one enemy at a time. But if you use protect that protects you from all of the enemies at once yeah so you kind of get like a better bang for your buck that way but if there's only one enemy then being able to cast like imperil or something like that is definitely gonna like give you a faster win and the faster you win the less damage you're gonna take so you're kind of saving hp that way too yeah so i would say maybe that's a way to think about it
2: uh speaking of imperil um after this mission, after we beat it, uh, we do get a pearl necklace, which is uh, an accessory that that prevents you from uh, like having a chance of uh, preventing imperil on you. Which oh, very good, could be helpful.
0: And uh, so I like I like that that was a a good segue for that. And another good segue would be that speaking of accessories that you get from missions, the accessory you get from the next mission is one of my favorite accessories. Ooh. So <laughs> that's what mission which,
2: five, right?
0: Mission 5, Joyless Reunion, which has some good mission text.
4: So I actually did this a little bit out of order um, because I believe that from here I went north to the exclamation point Mm -hmm. okay, um, to get the cutscene and did some stuff over there and then kind of like made my way back. But I think this is kind of the area where, like, now, like, there's multiple avenues. Like, you can kind of just explore it as you see fit. Yeah. um, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah.
2: Like, the the missions are numbered, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to do them sequentially. Like, there's. uh, You can unlock multiple ones. There's certain points where you'll have to complete a mission in order to activate more seath stones to get uh, the next pool of uh, missions to do. But it doesn't have to be like you must go one, two, three, four, five. Like, you can kind of. If you're struggling with one, you could just move on to another one. Or if you can't find one yeah. like me, you can just move <laughs> on to another one. And then be pissed about having to backtrack stupidly like the way I did, and I was like, "Well, it's not really the game's fault entirely." <laughs>
4: yeah, um, and some of the missions too. Like, in order to beat mission uh, six, you have to beat mission five. Yeah, exactly. Because um, six won't like be activated until five's done, or whatever. But um, but yeah, th- this is definitely where like now there are like a couple different missions you can explore, a d- couple different cutscenes you can go to um but mission five i also really uh the the text description is so sad mm-hmm. it's
0: it's so good it's, it's so good yeah um so this is all this one is written like entirely from the Lisi's perspective i guess they all are but uh it says so i'm to rid the world of Idimu. she was prowling the sumatran basin the last i heard Perhaps it's time to pay her a final visit and join her as a Seath. I could not bear to raise a weapon against my own wife, after all. Not even if her mind is no longer her own. And I was like, oh, that's so sad. (laughs) His wife was a Lassie that became a Seath, and then the Falci want him to go kill her. And he's like, no, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just also going to go Seath.
1: Extremely sad. sad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Major bummer. Major bummer. As a matter of fact. But me,
4: I have no
3: problem.
1: Uh,
0: yeah we have no ties to this
1: creature i don't know either of of these people i have
3: no emotional ties to this person (laughs) they could have been shitty people for all i know i don't don't even go here
4: (laughs) um but here too now we have these seeth that actually have names um so we will be coming across uh and encountering a couple seeth who have names and full histories and lores behind them um some will be like really unique seeth um and again, they're completely optional, and you might not have ever yep. seen any yep. of them. Mm-hmm.
3: There isn't—is is there a name for this one? Is it just, or is this it a demon? It's a, a demon, demon, yeah. Is yeah.
4: her name? Yeah. But it doesn't
3: have a. This is not one of the uh, kind that we'll find later. I see. It's a unique enemy. Yeah. That's so why I forget sometimes if they show up in the because uh, it just sounds like the name of like one of the weird uh, feral beasts we were fighting earlier, yeah. and I'm like, oh, that just sounds like one of those things again.
0: And this enemy does inflict imperil on you. Yeah. <laughs>
4: This one is uh, just kind of like a flying seath though. Um I was like thinking kind of about the it. generic ones we've
0: seen. You, you know, I was thinking about it and like we are introduced to seaths very early on in the game, literally chapter two, like we start with fighting seaths, and then we really don't see them for 10 chapters, right? Like for a long time. And then like when this when we fought this flying seath, I was like oh yeah there were these guys weren't there they were over in uh the fucking um the vestige and it? we
4: it's also like we were killing them with vanilles like yo-yo <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah how <laughs> weak were yeah. they
3: yeah those are uh these
0: are homegrown steve they're they hit a little harder yeah that's right yeah <laughs> um and Idimu does hit pretty hard i didn't have like too much of a problem with her i got her first try uh, I got the five yeah. star, but like she does damage though. She'll like actually hit you pretty hard. She has um, like a wind scythe attack that does quite a bit of damage to you. Um, and she can imperil you. But at this point, uh, hope and lightning should know Asuna. So mm-hmm. you get imperiled, you just Asuna it and you just keep rolling on. It's not that bad. Yeah,
2: you don't want to be in imperil. <laughs> no,
0: no. <laughs> and uh, this one and the next flying scythe, I believe, can both be slowed. So that helps.
2: I am I'm trying so hard to find in my weird backwards ass way of my fight with this, because I think I struggled with this, but I don't remember specifically why, and I cannot find in all of my mission uh footage. Like
0: what, was it a moral struggle because if you knew that you knew Yeah, yeah, I
2: knew I I I was just so <laughs> heartbroken by it. Well,
0: I'll tell you what you get for winning is the sorcerer's mark. Oh yeah. Which is I love the sorcerer's mm-hmm. mark because it increases your magic by like a hundred or something crazy like that. Which like most of my characters are like ravagers at all times so <laughs> i'm just like oh shit i'm really strong now that rules so i think hope and lightning both have the sorcerer's mark on a big boost yeah this is also the
4: time where i really started actually leveling up things yes um, you start getting more materials you start being able to buy more materials some stuff that will really give your equipment like serious experience um so you can even like level up your sorcerer's mark and get even
0: more um yeah yeah and uh it's worth it (laughs) i so i this is the first time i really i'll probably talk about it more next episode because i didn't do it right yet i did it a little later but i have started upgrading my weapons and actually I was gonna say prestiging them. That's what you do in Call of Duty, where you you you, you turn them into level star. star. That's also what you do in Call of Duty. So basically, I call of Duty prestige my weapons. They were inspired uh, by
2: Call of Duty, as we remember.
0: That's true, Um, but I was looking at the experience charts uh, to see how much experience I needed to master a weapon, so I could like you know get my three times experience on there, and then just dump it all in at once and not waste any items. And I was like, oh, man, you know, that that's pretty expensive. I'm going to have to, like, go buy some turbo jets from the store or whatever to get this to happen. But but it's doable, you know. Like eh. So you' take, like, 20,000 experience. Okay. I dumped 20,000 experience in. Level star. I leveled it up to the next thing. And then I looked at the experience table, and it was like, yeah, now you need, like, 20,000 to get it to level three. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, to level it up now, like, to to master the new version of the weapon, I need, like, Three hundred thousand <laughs> experience there's, and i'm like oh no
4: there's one specific mission that i'll talk about when we're done with it but that gives you the ability to like really pump serious experience into your stuff
0: oh i'm excited to hear about it because i don't know about it well um let's
4: keep tracking those missions then
0: let's do it the next one, uh, the next mission does not introduce this type of enemy, but the type of enemy is introduced in this area, and I, A, love when a, I'm in a late game Final Fantasy, and they introduce a new type of enemy, mm-hmm. and B, I especially love this one. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh my so, god, uh, yeah.
0: The munchkins. These
2: ones are so fucking goofy.
0: I love these little guys, and
2: we we could have seen uh, packs of these as we were running along, um, and they're very noticeable because they are <laughs> extremely weird. They look like a 90s they, like toy. moldy
0: like, Cheerios.
2: Like, <laughs> yeah, they, they they look like a Stretch Armstrong type thing, but like on rollerblades. But their rollerblades are actually just like <laughs> spheres for feet. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah they're freaking like. Roller Derby Cheerios. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> bellhops that
2: deliver you Cheerios. And they make the goofiest sounds when they're punching you, which they do a lot of. I love mm-hmm. it. Like
3: when they're kind of like these little high-pitched digital sounding, like whirring noises, they're kind of whiny sounding. They look
2: like uh, they would... Um, if they were in like Overwatch, it, it, it's very similar to uh, what's his name? Uh, I want to say Lucario, Lucio, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I haven't um, played Overwatch yeah. in so long, but the they, similar sort of thing—they got like wheels for feet and shit. Like,
3: but yeah, like they, it's like they took a donut and just put teeth on the hole, <laughs> which is
2: interesting too, because these this class, like the the lower ranking ones, are called Munchkins, which much yeah, like the donut uh, holes that we all know and love from Dunkin' Donuts. Oh
0: yeah. Where does their food go if their teeth is in the big hole in the center of them? Oh, man. It just goes behind them. (laughs) This is the
2: class that uh, is like Homer when his head gets turned into the giant donut. Oh, my God, it is. (laughs) It (laughs) is.
0: I love these little guys. They're great. I like the way that they attack too, is they just flail their arms around mm-hmm. and do hardly mm-hmm. any damage, but there's like eight of them at once. Yeah, it's a bunch of attacks. <laughs> so like, if oh, there's God. a bunch
2: of them circling you and they're all doing it. Like It can do some damage. It's the clef key of this game. <laughs> well,
4: and the, <laughs> the maestro who <laughs> we're
2: after will also buff... All of the little yes. munchies. Yeah, yeah. so that goblin you with is the name of that skill.
4: Yeah, and then if they're doing like eight punches, they can take serious HP
0: off. Yeah, they it. start choking it's you down. True. It gets
3: it gets real dicey real quick. The maestros do look like freaking little
0: like motor motorball DJs. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> okay. So they're, they're wearing mission, headphones Mission number too. six. Mission number yeah. six is called "No Place Like Home," and the target is the Munchkin Maestro, right? Or Maestro, 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 yeah. Um yeah, and this is like the, the the tougher one that we were talking about, right? I also love that these guys are so goofy and the description of the mission is like, this creature brought devastation on the home I left behind. I mm-hmm. have to destroy it for it destroyed my village. And I'm like, what the hell did it do? Did it just play like sick beats and nobody could handle Skateboarded it? Skateboarded
4: off my lawn. Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're right, it has headphones. These are like, Carl's neighbors. Yeah, these are my asshole neighbors <laughs> who have a sound system that's better than a fucking like festival. So anytime they decide decide to have a party it's just like dealing psychic damage to me and my fiance Yeah,
0: your, your brand just starts evolving every, every time you hear literally, music.
2: literally anytime we kind of hear bass shaking our house we're like the fuck is that
3: <laughs> and then you'll f- leave a seat stone when you move it yeah. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> please destroy this
0: home
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> avenge me
0: <laughs> but yeah you're right they, they, they have the goblin enhancement uh which is a goblin enhancement? Goblin enhancement, like, kind of Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And it's, it's funny too because I didn't realize until we get to the higher class enemies that are actually called goblins how scary that is in a Final Fantasy sense. When I saw that the little guys who were goblin enhanced were using a move called <laughs> Goblin Punch, and I was like, Oh my god, isn't that an enemy skill in a bunch of these games? In Final Fantasy V, it's super necessary. It's in like the you speed need it in the it's speed
0: run, run Curtis.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I saw that <laughs> and I was it. like, No, 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 no.
0: <laughs> When I was playing it, I was like, oh, that's, that's the speed run move. <laughs> trying to speed oh my God. Dude, <laughs> yeah, dude just, they're I, super I, fast. They are trying to speed run us. I
2: can't imagine like this, this has very killer clowns from outer space energy of just like someone being like these creatures wreaked devastation upon my home and stuff. And you're just like, they're fucking goofy as hell and just like slapstick comedy, but also horrifying in the context yeah, of like yeah, destroying yeah. everything, you know, and love.
3: These guys look like gremlins. I don't know why those other little things are. Called yeah, gremlins. I know.
2: Like, yeah. yeah. Localization, you know. <laughs> Ain't that the one?
0: But um, Munchkin Maestro. Yeah, they are. So basically, this this uh, enemy is right outside of a new area. Well, I mean, I don't know if you could call it an area. But before we get to that area, wait. Before, before we right, get to I, that. Oh, okay.
2: How many Munchkin Maestros did you guys have to fight in this fight? Because there's an important dynamic in this fight that you might miss. Oh, I one. Yeah. So there's a move, and this is on this class of enemy, where if you're like, oh, okay, well, all I need to do, I'm going to focus on the big guy first. uh, That sounds like a a, a viable strat, right? Take down the guy who's enhancing the other ones and then take the smaller ones. It'll be much easier. If you kill the maestro and there's still goblins left or munchkins left, They will do a move that's called like enhancement or something. Uh, Let me see if I can find out what it's called. Where they will just level up and become a, a maestro.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: Yeah, so that happened wow. to me. I don't even think I realized it when it was happening. I had like a little bit of, of uh, like health to get, to kill this guy with, and then he just like Pokemon like Mega evolved. Yeah, rise oh to power. Oh my gosh, rise to power is its name.
3: Yeah, that's a freaking uh, Shadows of Mordor. Like someone has to like take take the place of the king if you take him down. Yeah.
2: So uh super super interesting, and you wanna look out for that because if you just keep going after the maestro, then you might have to fight like six of them.
0: Holy crap. Well, speaking of enemies whose mouths look like toilets, I would like to uh, use the toilet real quick. Sure. That's all right. All Absolutely.
2: Right.
0: I'm gonna go take a grand pulse of my own. Nah.
2: <laughs>
1: nah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: On the way to the Munchkin, where it's called the Pass of Padra, is what the area is called, which is uh, branches off of the, uh, the main... Massif. Massif map, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, and yeah, this pass takes us to what looks like uh, an area where there used to be, like, residential skyscrapers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, human-esque buildings. I think I compared it last time to, like, Soviet block apartments. Oh, yeah. Brutal. Kinda- brutalist. Yeah, like brutalist apartments. Yeah. That's kind of what they remind me of uh, in a big way. And there's like <laughs> there's what almost looks like clotheslines hanging between them, but they're like metal and they have like um <laughs> like little wind flags kind of turning on these on these lines oh, in yeah. between the buildings. I think we
3: saw some of those in the early uh, cutscene as we were getting introduced. We
0: see this area when when um uh Vanilla is giving her uh narration about pulse at the beginning of this chapter and we see the gang kind of wandering from place to place looking for people this is one of the places they actually go yeah they've been here before at least some of them have um, but
3: fang and vanilla were back at the camp sleeping this there's, there's a missable cutscene here mm-hmm. so if, i think i did mission seven before mission before mission five or something like that and so i actually didn't get this cutscene. but i saw uh, carl stream it um but yeah we come up and like Fang is like pointing out like yeah this is weird when we were young we were always taught that someday we'd be attacked by the demons of Cocoon and look at us now vaulting into Ereba with the very people who were chosen to take arm against us like isn't this strange like we're all here together yeah yeah instead of being enemies we're all together on this yeah Vanilla's like yeah back then we would never help you guys and she kind of like catches herself like oh sorry
4: I shouldn't have said that (laughs) yeah it's like wow yeah back then we never would have helped you guys oh
2: (laughs) well right Back then is when you got your first focus, so...
4: Right. We already talked a bit about that, huh? A little bit. Must have been... centuries ago now, when me and Fang joined the battle against Cocoon. During the fight, I became Ragnarok and cracked Cocoon's shell.
0: And then Vanille just drops some serious shit. It's like, oh, I became Ragnarok. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> Very casually. Yeah, I was. I was Ragnarok. I cracked a cocoon shell. Whatever. Yeah, that was <laughs> no me. Big deal. That
2: thing that you know, that huge event that shaped all of your lives. Yeah, that was me. We did that. I did.
3: I said last. I suppose when no that, like, everyone else is dead, you can just take credit for everything, right?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, that will become important, sort of. But um, uh, I was saying last time that like. As soon as this chapter begins, like as soon as we like get to go run after hope, technically the data log updates right then. And it is like, yeah, Vanille's Ragnarok. And I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did not okay? see that. <laughs> yeah, it just it just updates immediately and just says that. I was like, oh, all right. Well,
3: there you go. That's her crazy dream, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But then- but it's funny like Snow is just like, oh, uh, that... Uh... That must have been real hard on you going through that. Like as if uh, it's just uh, like that's a normal thing yeah. that people like, oh man. That's must- rough,
2: buddy.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah, that um, sucks. And Fang
4: is like disappointed because is. she's like, I didn't even really do anything and I don't remember anything. Like you got to be Ragnarok yeah, and you remember yeah. it. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, she's just Yeah,
2: Cocoon's version of the War of Transgression must have been built on what you two did. It's so cool,
0: yeah. It is wild,
3: yeah. And this kind of recontextualizes Vanille at Nautilus watching the whole display based on basically around her, I guess, is what she's yeah. the way she's saying
0: seeing it. Right? Is this what she's saying right now? Yeah.
2: That must be how Hitler felt watching Looney Tunes when Bugs Bunny would hit him with a mallet. <laughs> Ugh.
0: Um, but yeah, Vanille's like, oh, it's all my fault. So many people died because of me. And Lightning says, well, it's over. Those souls can rest. And that's the end of the uh, mm-hmm. the scene. Um, but that's not the end of this area because there is a Seath Stone in the back oh, yeah. where we are introduced not to a new mechanic, but kind of a a subplot, I guess, of um, FF-13, which is the Undying, right? Mm. So real, real FF-12 heads will know. Uh, when they see the word the undying and be like, that was the final boss of the last game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um yeah, so basically, this mission is Mission 07, uh, Betuitous, the pillager. And it explains that the undying are fearsome seeth who defy the foul sea, driven by an intense loathing of all that lives. The pillager, Betuitous, is of their number, and it is my fate to seal his. And I was like, oh, that's mm, delicious. But but yeah, it basically introduces us to uh, the idea that there are these seeth called the Undying, who haven't completely lost their minds. Like they are crazy, like a Seath, or like a Seath, But their like immense hatred of the Falci keeps them going. Like they'll never become a Seath Stone because they're just like, no, I am going to one I day kill the Falci. I have way too Fowl much Seath.
2: spite to, to yeah, to yeah. Let that up exactly exactly. It's like what
3: Vegeta learning how to Super Saiyan <laughs> out of just fear frustration
2: yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) about just being like man fuck this like lowly saying i i'm gonna do this shit
0: (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah he's he's in the the acropolis and and uh i guess it's the archaeopolis isn't it well whatever it doesn't matter um it's an opolis it's an opolis and once we take the mission the seeth like who are in this area clear out like, it's almost yeah, like, like the game's like, cool. oh, some shit's going down. Everybody get out of here. Oh,
3: yeah, sometimes enemies change depending on what mission you have active. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And in this case, having this mission active clears them out. Like, which I thought was very cool. I was Just like... open this
3: pit up. <laughs> exactly.
0: That's what I thought. I was like, oh, shit's getting ready to fucking go down. It's getting intense. Everybody get out of here. Um, and yeah, Bituitus is near the entrance, near the place we came in. And we can go fight him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, like... The other flying fallacy, or I'm sorry, uh, the flying seeth are very fast and they can attack a lot. Yeah. Um, But is su- susceptible to slow. So, you know, fuck them. Really, I guess. really
2: cool design too. before the battle starts, we, we get a little cutscene of him like flying in and like spinning around and, and c- kind of causing a little bit of a tornado and like spreading his wings. And we get to see that like his chest just looks like the open eye brand.
3: Oh, yeah. 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 He's embraced it. It's very cool. Embrace that shit. Yeah,
4: this is where I f- finally switched my party up too because uh originally I was using Saz, but he buffs uh on his synergist, whereas Hope actually protects with his synergy. So mm-hmm. uh, Hope was definitely the better option because you're getting hit with like lightning nonstop, and you need that
0: extra. He magic has bar protection. thunder. Yeah, yeah, like like hope can give you the shell and bar thunder, and once both of those are up on you, Batuas' attacks do hardly anything. Yeah, but before that, they're very he starts damaging. out
2: each battle with uh, miasma, which is a real bad debuff for you because it does uh, poison. I think it does slow. And can also like just make you more susceptible to take damage from uh, magic and um, physical attacks. This
4: was one of the times, though, where I actually found that if I was playing Lightning and he came up to me to use my asthma and I hit my attack as soon as he came fully up to me, she would jump back just enough to avoid his my asthma. Oh, that's uh, So I was kind of like using that every once in a while to kind of avoid it. It's not like perfect, but I would avoid it every now and again. Yeah, that's, that's like a speed cool. strat,
2: basically. Yeah.
4: But I got five stars. It took me about three minutes or so,
2: um,
4: so it was, it was yeah. tough but easy at the same time.
0: Hey, I, I feel like Bituitus is a boss or a boss, an enemy in which if you manage everything, yeah, exactly. he's not too bad. Like if you're if you're willing to like take a second to put up buffs, throw down some nerfs then you'll be all right. But if you try to go in and kind of like win it toe to toe, it might be difficult.
4: And and again, like how I played it the first time I died a couple times. And then I was like, I'm getting hit with 11 bolt. Let me bring in somebody who could protect me against that. And then it went a lot easier. So sometimes it's just a matter of getting the right
1: team.
2: Yeah. I think I, I had to switch up some equipment on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to like level up uh, my party a little bit in the Crystarium. And uh, it still took me, like, I, I did get quite a few game overs, but once I kind of adjusted my strategy as well, I was able to take them down.
0: It reminds me of, like, a, speaking of the party changes, I was just thinking about when we fought Sid or whatever, and I lost, like, four or five times the Cid, and I was like, what an asshole, I hate this guy. And then I changed my party to Vanille and Fang and won the first time, no problem, and just smacked him <laughs> down. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that's how it works. Um, but yeah, this is technically a dead end here. Uh, like, you can't go past uh, Padra. So we kind of have to double back after this. Um, but I
3: think because, yeah, the one we just enabled is a, way po- a waystone. The one that, uh, for the Munchkins, yeah. I think, is the, or the, yeah, it was the Munchkin Maestro mission is a waystone. So we can actually teleport back to, I think, one of the earlier ones. I forget when, which ones
0: are teleported. Importantly, Batuitous, when we actually beat him, he doesn't just go away oh. too. Like uh, like every other enemy, right? Like Batu, just kind of flies away in a little small cutscene, yeah, and never to be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah, we'll never see them ever again, especially not for the last mission. Um, <laughs> and, and they they like kind of turn into like a crystal chrysalis, mm-hmm. I guess, like a like a wormwood, <laughs> right? Like, like turn into a butterfly kind. kind of thing. A pod they encase themselves in a crystal pod and there's nothing you can do to that pod it just is sitting there for now and so we kind of have to leave and go back isn't like surrounded by like multiple seath stones like almost like the it.
4: stones wake up and then teleport away I believe so you have to like find those seath stones and kind of like do those missions to bring them back it's like a whole interesting
0: yeah, when that happens and actually a little tutorial pops up that explains, oh, the Undying are incredibly powerful seeth and now they're out there and you have to go fight them. It's all your fault. Get, get the <laughs> seeth Stones, yeah. It's all your fault. Yeah, but we do
4: get a very important spoil from this battle as well. We do, yeah. We get the R&D Depot.
0: Ah, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Yeah.
4: Which bam, 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 is a bam, store bam, 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 where you can buy one of the best... Uh, level up uh, items which is the super compact reactor and
0: uh, okay. i think
4: it costs like 50 000 gil um yeah. so i'm gonna say you're gonna be able to buy like maybe one if you're lucky and uh mm-hmm. check your experience uh trees because you don't want to waste this it's gonna give you a massive amount of exp but the uh, okay the way that i always did it was 36 sturdy bones will give you the three times multiplier. It's, like, apparently the cheapest way to get a three times multiplier. Uh, and then Good you just put the super compact reactor on it, and then it, that thing is start out, like, no matter what.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> is, it, <laughs> okay, um, cool. is it super or is uh. it ultra?
4: Um, I think there is an ultra compact reactor as well, but I think the R&D Depot gives you the super compact reactor. I, if, I, I might be wrong, yeah. but...
2: I, I'm just looking off of the uh, the fandom, but um, I do not remember. I think that they they all these items also have a cool um, description. Where I think the 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 reactor one is basically like a large hadron. Oh no no no! I'm thinking the particle accelerator is basically like a large hadron collider, like in your pocket, <laughs> in your palm, of
0: your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the, is this also the store where you can buy the trap as a heat? Yes.
2: Sun? Yes. For okay. uh, two million gil.
0: Yeah, it's spensy. Uh, <laughs> so. Nothing else to really do in the Massif right now. Um, And interestingly, so at this point, I also did some of the missions out of order because I didn't think it was immediately obvious where Mission 8 is. Mm -hmm. But Mission 8 is back at the base camp where the ship crashed. And we actually started our Grand Pulse adventure, right? Yeah. So we actually have to go back to Valus Media base camp to find it
4: yeah and i think if you just kind of follow the exclamation point the you know here's where the story is like that'll take you kind of past where you need to to be um yeah yeah. but then once you get that mission you gotta backtrack again (laughs) you gotta backtrack again and i feel like i've been up and down this hallway eight times
0: (laughs) i know i know i think luckily this hallway you can run past most things
1: they're dodgeable
2: I think this was the point in the uh, in my like streaming where I was just like, God, I wish there was a faster way to get around here, other than just like, you know, obviously you can teleport <laughs> from some stones, but like, if only there was some sort of bird that I could ride to, <laughs> to get me places faster.
4: We're getting there. which I think
2: led me to uh, just being like, fuck it, I'm gonna look it up. How do I get a chocobo? Do I get a chocobo in this game? And I found it on Game Facts, and that's where someone said like, Duh, did you even read the instruction manual? Would <laughs> Made me break out the instruction manual and find out that like yes this thing is just full of fucking spoilers where like <laughs> it's just like oh yeah no when you're on Grand Pulse you can ride a chocobo like here's here's the uh the thing about that like I was like damn the mission here's the, dude, mission, this, this here's the has strats everything. for it no. yeah
0: um but yeah this uh the enemy that we're hunting in uh, mission eight is the Rakshasa which is also a early the rock lobster the rock lobster which is also an early get in FF thirteen that's or thirteen two that's pretty good mm. so. It's a nice little enemy to have on your team. Um, but it's one of the bird enemies, um, or the demons, I guess. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. demons. I don't remember having too much of a problem with them. I think I pretty much mopped the floor with them.
4: Yeah. The hardest part is the backtracking.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's entirely fair. Anything else to say about that one? I'm good to move After on. After <laughs> eight's
4: done, this is where we hit some uh, some heavy ones. Yeah. Ooh, we
0: get, a, we get a good one. When I saw this one pop up, I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, golly.
2: I did uh. at some point, like while running around here, get a cutscene um, that I don't know if we have to talk about now. I'm trying to remember like what it was, but uh, they see a fa- the sea that we first yeah. encountered Yeah. Um, just kind of floating by and and uh they have some conversations about it and they're like oh let's follow it. It's him. the yeah.
4: the wind chime looking guy with
2: the circle hat um I I believe that uh Curtis may have described it as anal beads. Yeah, definitely. Or someone had. And uh they basically yeah. say we got to follow that because that will take us to to erba Where, right
4: yeah erba is
2: or erba uh, that and and we can also check the data logs um, and get the name of this falci, which is uh, dahaka Mm-hmm. And uh, it says that it's residing within Tasian's tower, this Grand Pulse Falcy soars through the sky with an ease that seems almost uncanny given the bulk of its form. Although the majority of Falcy of Grand Pulse dedicate uh, themselves to terraforming or other tasks of environmental modification, da- uh, Dahaka does nothing of the sort. Plausible conjecture as to the nature of the Flying Falcy's duties include some manner of aerial monitoring or the search for something the heavens conceal.
0: And I want to actually put a pin in that specifically for an entire plot point that I didn't realize the first time I played this. Like, I didn't even, never even occurred to me until I, like, read through the wiki and, like, years have gone by. Multiple fallacy, as we get their descriptions, multiple of the Pulse fallacy specifically in their description, say, it's almost like they're searching for something or looking for something. Like, what are they doing and why are they doing it? And that becomes a very important part of it that I didn't even notice multiple times through the game. I didn't even realize that they're all looking for something.
2: I I love shit like that, where I'm just like, oh, that's a cool, like, sort of evocative. But then when you describe it as, like, multiple ones are looking for something, I'm like, oh, my God, I need to know more. What are they looking
0: for? (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So, just put a little pin in that for now. Because I didn't even realize it. I'm, I'm still curious to see how it's going to play in. Spe- you know what? You know what else? I cannot believe I haven't brought this up yet because I wrote it down in my notes. I can't remember what the first enemy that gives it to us is. But as we complete the missions, occasionally in our data logs, we have a new um, type of data log, which is called. Analex. Yeah. Did you see those? Yes. Oh the my Analects god. The yes. We get we get them as we do um missions. Like some missions will give us the Analex. And how would you describe them? They're, they're like writings, like ancient the writings from
2: The first one Pulse. that I got read very much like a like almost like a poetry sort of thing, like a um, they're very poetic, like a yeah. like lyric, not in like the song sense, but in like a, a, a lore written in a certain type of poet poetic way to describe something that it's not just like exposition; it's like very like flowery.
3: Um, I'll give yeah, you one uh, guess:
2: how many of these there are? Is there thirteen? <laughs> 69 bang 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 but yeah i'm very excited to read more of those i when i found th- those data logs i was like yes dude this is my shit what was the first one that we found
0: uh, the first one is after mission 3 and it is Analect number 1 the vanished gods yep. and, it, and it as as it kind of says is about the the beginning of pulse and how god vanished but it basically says that there there was a a god who um forged uh, the planet, and he created the sea. Uh, he created Fallacy, and then he departed. Should we just read, should we read the poem?
2: It's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, just go ahead and read it.
0: Alright, we're gonna read it, cause there's like also bits in there that I haven't translated myself yet as to what it's actually talking about, so maybe the listeners will get something out of it. But, it says, Luminous lamented for creation spiraled unto doom, stout fashioned earth that future might take root. Sage turned mind's eye inward, seeking truth profound. The fool desired it not, and soon was made one with it. (laughs) Maker forged the sea, and from fragment maker's own, maker forged man. From traces once divine, in time the gods departed, leaving all by their hands wrought, falci as man forsaken, orphans of a maker absconded. So, like, very... cool. Very poetry, very, like, biblical...
2: Very uh, Homer Simpson watching Twin Peaks. Brilliant. I have absolutely no idea what's going on.
0: Yeah, it, it's really good. Um,
2: yeah, it, it definitely reminded me of being like a Catholic school kid who every now and then would have to do a reading at Mass where I open up like the scripture and read a passage that's either like very straightforward yeah. and easy to read or things being like, I have no fucking idea what any of these words mean.
0: Yeah, there's another one that we get for Mission 6, which is Analect number 5 called The Age of Fading Glory. And that one I don't really need to read. It's not a, uh, a poem like that, but it's written by probably somebody else. Lubega. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, it's like a very short account where um, it's basically like a little essay and a guy's like we on Pulse are fighting against Cocoon but yet we fight ourselves all the time if we don't come together we're going to destroy ourselves before Cocoon even has the chance to do so
2: yeah which um, is interesting knowing the context that we have of like Vanille and, and Fang being like oh this place used to be like bumping like where 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 yeah. is everyone
0: Um, and it, it does mention a civilization I think called the hyrie where it says even hyrie at the height of its glory laid to ruin by a menace greater still surely those vipers within that floating nest look down upon us with self-righteous scorn to see the decline of our once great civilization so that gives us like a little context of what Pulse was like uh, in the before times mm-hmm. um, and, and while we're on it technically we haven't done mission 10 yet we're getting ready to talk about it here in a second but I'll just go ahead and read that one real quick, or at least talk about it. Where was it? Here we go. Once we beat the next mission after the one we're getting ready to talk about, we get one called Hollow Hope, which I think is the first time we actually hear the name Lindsay in the game. And yes. I mentioned multiple yes. times that, like, that's a thing. But it basically, it says that the Viper Lindsay, as they refer to it, um, created Cocoon. Like, this was like a foul sea or a god or something that created Coon for from Grand Pulse for some purpose, who knows, right? And then it like tried to convince mankind to move into it and was like, hey, I've created paradise for you. You should live here instead of on Grand Pulse. And the author of this is like, oh, but these idiots who lived on Pulse in ages past, they were fooled by this serpent and moved up into Cocoon and now there are enemies. And they are not men, but slaves of the demon Lindsay. Um, Which, I think we know why, assuming that the current Pulse's purpose is the same as the old Pulse's purpose, it sounds like Lindsay is really the entity behind everything that has, like put everything into motion and probably like Bartandalus is just a part of getting it to happen.
2: I'm excited for the Analect where we hear about the flip side of that, of, you know, this promise of paradise and everyone moving to there. And we get the perspective of those who stayed on pulse where they said, let me sleep on it. Baby, baby, let me sleep on it. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Lindsay,
2: Lindsay, let me sleep (laughs) on it. I'll give you an answer (laughs) in the morning.
0: (laughs) But this is like what I was talking about. Like, like, way early in this season where I was like, oh, my God, it actually has, like, Dark Souls storytelling. <laughs> I think we're like, if you didn't look at this stuff, like, I never knew this. I never knew any of this. I played 13 before. And if you were like, hey, who created Cocoon? Who is Lindsay? I'd be like, man, I don't fucking know. Like yeah. That's not a plot point that happens in this game. And yet there it is right there that there was this god or fauci or whatever that put all this into motion like the the actual story of the world you know less about lightning and friends they're just a small part of it like a catalyst in the whole thing but really everything is this plan by this lindsay to to destroy cocoon and bring back the maker right
2: yeah incredible really fucking cool really cool also the word analex has the word anal in it <laughs> pretty great <laughs> <laughs> all right which uh, which mission are we on then heave ho heave ho Um, yeah i don't think there's too much to talk about with the 11th hour Uh, i think it becomes a waystone yeah fuck that guy (laughs) (laughs) but But heave heave ho ho, our mark oh boy is a kaiser behemoth oh boy and uh just if you know if you fought any behemoths which by now you probably did you know they have a move called heave so when you see the title heave ho if you're like me i was just like oh shit i don't i don't like where this is going
0: I also really like the text of the mission where the the the, uh, the Seath stone that's describing it says, so I have the choice of being gored to death beside that pond or wonder the wilds eternally as a damned Seath. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is
3: just great.
0: Well, this is just fantastic. This is what I was talking about. Like the fallacy will just pick a person and be like, hey, go slay this impossible thing. And they're like, you're kidding, right? Like, <laughs> There's no way to do that. Give
4: me some milk from the store.
0: yeah 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 oh but my show's gonna be on in 20 minutes and i'm gonna be a crystal for 100 years (laughs) 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 somebody tivo it please (laughs) you remember tivo
2: y'all remember tivo
0: is he a falci that's right um yeah we fight a behemoth man i got i once again got pretty lucky on this one i think i actually uh preemptive struck him nice um, He's beside the pond, and if you walk up to the pond and kind of, like, walk along the side of the water and turn around, you can get him from the
2: back. Um, yeah, I think, it, it basically, there's nothing, like, too special about it. It's, uh, uh, you know, we fought Behemoths before. We fought Behemoths in this game where they transform. We fought, like, King Behemoths or whatever. Now these are, uh, what, Kaiser Behemoths? So I think the they're easier level, than the
0: King ones, I think.
2: I think They got a move called Sunder where they just kind of hit oh my one God. target. Oh, uh, fuck like that down move their sword, and it does a lot of damage but um, it just
0: kills you then like depending on like if you're right in the in the path of sunder it can hit twice mm-hmm. which just kills you oh it just God, kills yeah. you instantly yeah. nothing you can do about it so my my strategy for fighting behemoths in this area is don't have them attack the person who you're playing as
2: Yeah. (laughs) How how do
0: you do that? I don't know. You just fight them enough until they don't attack the person you're playing against. Don't be sentinel. Uh, Sentinel, yeah.
4: (laughs) Or again, when I was playing the first time, like don't have hope be your party leader because you're gonna game over
0: every time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The thing is too, it's like uh, like Sunder is also a straight line attack out from the behemoth, like a vector attack. And if you're near or behind the Sentinel, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, you're just going to get hit by it, too. So, like, you know, just don't get hit by that's, that easy.
2: That's one of those things, too, where it's, like, now that I've, like, dug super far into the battle systems, I'm like, oh, how good would it be if I could do this? How how good would it be if we could switch out characters like Final Fantasy X? How good would it be if we could change equipment during the battle? How good would it be if we could designate a, a zone for the Sentinel to be in so that we could have our team, like, be more... And then I'm just like, well, that would just make it so much more broken and, and easy to, like, just do whatever and, like, <laughs> make trivialize everything thing
3: yeah what was uh yeah you were playing something i was like wouldn't it be cool if like like a grand theft out of five you can like just have the other three players just be a separate team on the other part of the map and you just like anytime you want just swap yeah. between like all right yeah, the boys yes. are gonna go on that side of the map and like do their shit and i'm gonna hang out on this side of the map just like switch between like anytime you want it that'd be really fun
2: yeah that'd be really helpful here um or co-op <laughs> but <laughs> yeah Split then the we uh <laughs> should we talk about mission 10 now uh hollow hope let's do it and the, uh, the mark is the ambling bellows. Oh, yeah. I think
0: the ambling bellows is kind of cute. Yeah. He's an accordion man. It. Yeah, he's a yeah, little accordion he's goofy man. goofy looking. They
2: be true. He's got yeah. kind of like a kingly face, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh, I don't even
0: know what his face looks like. I just think his form is... He's got wheels for hands. Oh, yeah, like little like, crank wheels. It's fun. Mm. Because, like, he waddles. And he waddles. He waddles. He's very stout. It
3: was in the chat. I was joking. Like, oh, yeah, this is a uh, weird owl's <laughs> idolin. <laughs> <laughs> <Fancy.
0: laughs>
3: but, yeah, he's related to the pulse work, but he is just, like, a large, like, T-posing.
0: Called a Bellows because he has, like, accordion arms, like, with, with yeah. supposed to be filled with air. I also like that, like, this this creature, the Ambling Bellows, doesn't seem to have really done anything that bad. Because according to, like, the Lacie who's giving you the mission or the Seastone, they're, like oh, Warris claimed my family and my home. All I want to do now is get the release of a crystal sleep. And then when I wake up, the world might be a better place. And then as like a last line, yeah, I should probably go destroy the Ambling Bellows. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, that yeah, guy's fine, like,
0: but yeah. But putting that off for too long. Yeah. <laughs> He's fine. It like he it just...
2: accidentally slighted the falcy and then it's just like, okay, well, we got to send yeah. our best guys after you now. And it's yeah. like, this guy has this whole other story and it's like, it's like the thing like, oh for me that was Tuesday, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Right, <laughs> the right. guy who has to kill this thing has no stakes in it. It's just like, oh, just gotta do it, dude.
0: And it's like a machine, so it probably like it doesn't even realize that it's like <laughs> done anything wrong or that people are coming after it. It's just waddling the planes. <laughs> it's so good. It is kinda of lost because we don't really see these enemies until we go to uh, another area. Actually, is this enemy behind the the good CP fight where we see um one of those giant wolves and a behemoth king fighting each other
4: yeah
2: it might be it's it, it's around that area which is a, a so nice the side of the um, map yeah it's a, a nice it's fight. mostly
3: kind of in the central kind of northern if if we orient the map correctly the <laughs> the the, uh, the central north kind of part of the map kind of not far from the uh the the valley of the giants as i've been calling it but not too far from there yeah
0: but yeah there's a there's an uh an encounter there where there is a behemoth king and one of those like ugalu type enemies that are fighting each other so they both start with half hp and if you attack them you'll usually get a preemptive strike and you can quickly take out that behemoth king and then the ugalu is not that tough
2: as long as he doesn't transform yeah you can get the behemoth king before he transforms yeah. but as long uh, as you but, get him before he transforms the past two times that i tried doing it i was just like barely too late and just was like well now i gotta fight this thing but if it does um If it does fully transform, he's still fighting the other guy, so you don't really have to worry about it as much in it. It becomes, you know, more manageable than if you were just fighting a, a behemoth, and you get. Uh, it's more
0: th- manageable, with the exception that occasionally he will turn around and attack your party, and yeah. occasionally it will be Sunder, and occasionally it will be aiming at your party leader, and so you just lose, and you're like,
1: "Come on!" You, yeah. you can get yeah. an
4: easy preemptive on these guys though, because they're so wrapped up in their fight. I found that if I just like sit somewhere, sometimes they would even knock into me,
0: and then I would get the preemptive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about the ambling bellows himself? That wasn't a very hard fight, right?
2: No.
4: I remembered having more trouble with them later on when it's like not in a mission form. Because I believe their ability is they can power up other mechanical things.
2: And they can call them to them later.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: So
2: in this, it's just kind of, you know, he has no friends around here. He's out of his element. So Um, I think I did get a game over once, but it wasn't like... It was I. I don't know why. It was just like the second time I did it, I got five stars. So I was like, "Oh, okay."
0: Well, let's smash through eleven because I want to hear Carl talk about twelve. So oh, man. the uh, the next one, uh, Pride Before a Fall. We fight some Madroa, like we've already fought. Then they are on the step this time. You know, don't let them call it behemoth king, <laughs> and it's fine. Yeah, exactly. No big deal. Um, and they are near a a little path, like a little um, not a ford because it's. It's not over the water but uh uh, like the beginning of a canyon right like um we kind of walk into it and we go back and we're introduced to another new mechanic which is a seeth paling which is a uh an energy wall that's created by a nearby seeth stone and so basically it gates our progress in that direction until we take care of the mission that that seeth stone is going to give us
2: right you need to place the lord vessel before you can get into
0: (laughs) that's right that's right and then we can then we can actually finally teleport around um, there is a seath stone next to this paling. And Carl, would you like to take it away?
2: Sure. This is uh, how, how is it pronounced? Uh, Gezeric the profane, I, uh, Gezeric, yeah, Gezeric. Gezeric the profane, the undying. So, another one of these, uh, fearsome seath who defy Falcy will, yada yada yada. Um, my focus is his doom. He is said to lead a horde of seath on the steps western, uh, benchland. To think you would become such a seath, uh, G- Gesteric you who could not harm a fly whatever part of you lingers in that grotesque prison of crystal and flesh must suffer i will set you free my friend so it's like a cool trope of like the person that became this you know undying seath um was like very kind-hearted very like loving and caring and stuff. so of course he's going to become this horrifying monster in his like hellish afterlife um And this is the fight that I stubbornly, like, I got close enough on the first attempt with it to, like, be like, okay, you know, I can make this work with this party. And then I spent two hours trying it over and over and over again, (laughs) and just dying and getting destroyed each time, to where, like, basically my build made it so that if I got lucky, I could make it manageable, and if I didn't get lucky then it was just try again it was literally just waiting for RNG I I also want to point out that while I was doing this Zwanzig was in my chat and he said I think I would also be struggling with this fight doing it the way that you're trying to do it and I was like I'm gonna fucking do it and I finally did it it was a very very like scary way to end it because it it was about to do a big attack that would have killed me (laughs) and I was able to take him down right before that That's
0: the thing right is that he has a physical attack that does just a devastatingly large amount of HP
2: yeah so the the th- this thing is just a big like trollish uh, kind of undying seath. it's got a big like hammer for a hand almost and when you I guess when it gets to a certain threshold of HP that has been done to it it'll use a move called murderous might that will add another target to the fight which is it's its hand and it'll do a devastation attack. I forget what it's what it's called, and it will just do massive amounts of damage. So I had to like respec quite a few times here and change paradigms and 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 kind of focus on like only doing attacks that would deal any kind of damage to him. And I needed to give um, like I fully leveled up an accessory that gave uh, a lot of protection to lightning, and it was just like a lot of trial and error of um, just. <laughs> resource management of my party you could target the hand yeah so not at the start of battle which is which is kind of confusing oh. so i was like trying to do a thing where i was like okay i'll wait until it uses murderous might then i'll use a Scope so i can get all of the information on it and stuff and and like eventually i just got into enough of a rhythm to where i was like i can juggle this motherfucker and if i get lucky <laughs> i can juggle him enough times to take him down before he can kill me so i think like the the final count of this fight for me was like 200 to 1 but the one that i got it was all that matters
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna tell you all about a little thing called try disaster <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> because i used snow hope lightning for this who all have ravager mm-hmm um i spent my first turn or i guess a couple turns with ravager and commando for lightning and snow and having hope do like bravery and faith to get my attack power up and then i went try disaster and he staggers at like 160 or something it's really he, low. he's
2: very easy to stagger very sort easy of, to stagger. sort of He's very easy to build the stagger bar on, but the reason that it becomes so difficult, um, you can't launch him if he's doing an animation. And that animation could just be him walking forward. So like Uh, I was saying, if you get lucky, you can have, like for me, it was Fang would run up and use launch. And if he wasn't in an animation, then I could kind of time it to keep just absolutely getting his his stagger up to 999 and keep him in the air. But like on the last time when I finally beat him, I didn't hold the juggle like I I, like used a spell too early or something, so he fell to the ground. He, uh, I think at that point f- he he then killed Fang and he only had a little bit of health. There, oh, there was a no. couple of times where I had a sliver of health left and got killed in the last second. Oh like, no. Oh. So I thought it was going to happen again. It was like two hours on this fight and he's slowly just kind of walking towards me, getting ready to use the attack. And and I was like, I don't have time to switch to a healing thing. I just need to go. And it was just like Vandil and Lightning <laughs> ravaging him and then finally killed him. And I was like, oh my God, thank God.
0: <laughs> the good thing about the... Uh... If if you so when um some of your characters may have this uh skill now as a commando that allows them to do a critical hit the very last second on a launched enemy
1: that
2: mm-hmm.
0: does just like a ton of fucking damage. And what I could do is I think it's smite. Is smite that one? I don't remember. Smite
2: the smite is one. Destiny yeah. is maybe another one. Yeah.
0: But you smack him down, which causes a little recoil. And Gezeric staggers so quickly that if you do have Tri-Disaster, he'll stagger in one go-round. So I would use Smite, switch and before he could recover from his staggering animation he would be staggered again like he hasn't even gotten one move and then i just launched him again and so i don't think he ever attacked me ever <laughs> like in the entire fight i was just like no you're staying up there <laughs> that's amazing because and another interesting way.
2: thing about this fight is that like your location to him really matters because he's got like area of effect things where he'll slam his fist down and like it hit Vanille, and she was right there, so she's just dead. But the shockwaves also kind of hurt Fang and Lightning, but there were certain points where I would start the battle with Lightning and she would, like, run in and do something and he would just completely miss her. There were some fights where he would throw down his fist and it would miss everyone, and it's like, man, like, it, it, like, Alex always talks about how this game kind of feels more like you're a, like a, a coach in, like, a Madden game or something, telling the players what to do and not actually doing it, and it's like, that's what it felt like with me, where I'm like, oh my god, if we could just have, you know, make sure that fang was drawing his aggro on another side of the field where we didn't have to worry yeah, about that yeah. we could heal them up and everything yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh i he i feels like this a fight. real boss yeah in this area yeah. <laughs> i i love this fight because it, it definitely tickled the dark souls part of my brain where i was just <laughs> like this is really hard and i could easily go and respec and do something different but i want to see if i can make it work this way we should
0: try i not like not saying that you should do this this way, not saying we have to go all the way through it, but it might be fun later in the game because there will be a mission that's like, all right, kill an out-of-man toys. Just do one. Just whichever one. Just go kill one. And it would probably be fun to see if we can figure out how to do it without looking it up.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I always kind like of want to do that. Oh, I know like, a strat. That's the thing. There are, there are yeah, strats, and I'm like, what if we real? didn't
0: read one of the strats? Yeah, what if we killed it for real?
2: Or... And again, on the flip side for anyone playing along at home, um, you could simply just look it up. If that's the way that like if you're playing games and you're like, I don't want to have to do this fight a million times for two hours and keep losing. That does nothing for me. Like, yes, you should just look up the strat and do it because you don't lose anything from it. You know what I mean?
0: Um, so, yeah, that that takes down the paling that we were talking about uh, for that seethe with the big red glowy wall. The big yeah. regular wall, yeah, and we uh, happen upon a very interesting location.
3: Yes, uh, cut scene with uh, we see Saws w- walking through. and Needs immediately gets a whiff of something a real strong. Like, Woo! Like, but then immediately like becomes overjoyed because like, wait a second, I know this smell. <laughs> <laughs> he charges in like <laughs> I knew it, and there's like we hear this really cool little like kind of uh, kind of big band jazz number kind of going on. Kind of grooving along. And he's like, I knew it. And of course, we see some uh, wild chocobos in this beautiful little like oasis. And they look kind of different than the. Uh, they got the long, one... uh, yeah. like, linked to the past. Uh, they
2: got uh, Miku hair. Miku hair. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah.
3: <laughs> they have those uh, little feathery worm things that everyone loves. Uh, <laughs> but it's like. Oh, but they, yeah, have, yeah, they, have, yeah. they have boas, yeah. basically. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I love this cutscene because you just. Uh, He says like, hey, you and then like he sees one Chocobo get up and then behind them from behind him, like an entire like
4: a bunch of can can girls or something like (laughs) (laughs) kicking their heads up.
3: I'm going to call it like ballet dancer kind of number thing where they all just kind of fan out. And there's like 10 of them at the same time, all like
0: suddenly hiding behind this one is really silly um it's a very silly scene yeah it's very cute there's some uh there's some chocobo chicks there and so I, the saddest chocobo chick kind of goes over there and and trips and falls in front of them and they all like beep at each other it's very cute
2: i i like that they're also a little bit bigger than um our chocobo chick
3: they look a little yeah, yeah they look a little more uh rough too they, they have a little darker they look a little shaggier they look angry yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's not uh this little uh tame You'd think that they would. I don't know why they would breed the the cool like sideburns off. (laughs) I think that would be a cool thing to like go for if you're like a a a professional Chocobo
1: chocobo (laughs) breeder.
0: A regular Chocobo Billy. Uh,
4: (laughs) You keep growing like that, you'll be bigger than me before long, won't you? (laughs) (sighs) Maybe it'd be best to just say goodbye here.
1: Uh, Hey! Oh! (laughs) Come on! uh, Ah! Don't!
3: and then, like, Shogun, like, takes, like, gets pissed off, just starts pecking at Saz, like, hey, I'm Flies up to
2: him and does, like, a Dragon Ball Z move, like, a little burst of energy, like, shoots <laughs> him with, like, magic on the nose or something and knocks yeah. him back.
3: I mean, we know he can, like, stagger those, uh, Psycom soldiers no problem on the Palamecia. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he blew a <laughs> hole in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jeez, I was just kidding. Like, whatever, yeah, but, um... It's a cute shot where, like up close, to, like to the camera, we see Choko and behind him we see Cocoon, kind of almost e- eclipsing, like the same size as, yeah. as Choko Pachek. Like, yeah, I know you're sticking with me till Dodge wakes up. Could be a long wait, though. No one knows. And then there's a little like jump in time, uh, where it. Yeah, Fang kind of sneaks up on him and gets startled him. He gets yeah. a little flustered, I think, because of how like you know vulnerable he's being.
2: Yeah, he's, he's like, "How long like, hey, have you been hey, there? Yeah. Watching
3: me or something? Or something?" <laughs> Say something yeah. or something. And just kind of stumbling over.
2: Didn't
0: want to interrupt, and you know, I didn't quite know where to begin.
3: And uh, Saz kind of like reassures, like, "Oh man, look, you don't have anything. You don't have to begin anywhere. It was what happened to Dodge wasn't your fault." Which I really like this. This scene's yeah. kind of like mending their ties because they, they haven't
2: talked about this at all. This is the first. And I, I remember being like, "Oh, nice." We don't really get to see too many interactions between Fang and Saz, and then I was like, yeah. "Oh, right. Like that's." That's a huge thing. Like I, I completely forgot.
3: Yeah, it's nice that because because this is an open world. Like there's now more opportunity, and we have a little bit of reprieve, and we don't have, uh, we aren't kind of stuck in these like corded off like parties. Like where is stuck with Vanille and working on her story, and mm-hmm. and lightning and uh, snow. But now we have this opportunity. But also, I guess missable if you just kind of plowed and went straight for like the story beat. Yeah. We don't even get this like amendment, which is. uh yeah, you've got enough weight on your shoulders already. Um, it was my fault your day letting Saws out of my sight like that. That one's on me. And Fang's like, "Ah, oh, you're going to deal with that on your own? Is that it? He's like, I don't have to. I got this guy. And like a little chocobo chick comes out of his afro again. It's really cute.
2: Yeah, it's really cute.
3: And to you, you've got Vanille. You weren't alone. That kept you going, didn't it? He's like, ah, oh, listen to me. you're trying to be all parenty. And Fang's <laughs> like, ah, oh, don't give up. You're getting the hang of it. it Which is really cute.
0: Yeah. Um
3: yeah and that's that that begins our introduction to the Trigobos but uh I know we will be back here in a few missions
0: yeah yeah Yeah. I think the next Mm
3: -hmm. two or something like that yeah it
4: just still blows my mind that it's just completely missable
3: yeah there's so many like really heavy moments like I mean I'm glad they're here because like it feels like there's a lot of stuff that kind of like chopped out of the middle of the story to kind of keep things moving. But now that we're, like, slowing down, I guess they can kind of just stick them anywhere they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, but at I the think same too, time, we're... it makes them seem kind of, like, bonus, even though they feel, like, very essential.
2: Yeah, and I think, like, later on, too, um, if I understand correctly, some of the, like, story cutscenes that aren't skippable or something kind of assumes that you had these interactions and saw these things happen.
3: Mm. hmm That's true. Curious to see how that goes.
0: Yeah, I actually, uh, I didn't get... I didn't do the Chocobo missions until after mission 17, because I went looking for the next closest mission, and I was like, ah, 17, there we go. And so I like skipped a bunch of them, and I was like, damn, do you ever get Chocobos? Not realizing <laughs> that 14 is the one that unlocks them.
3: Yeah, they start leading us, because uh, the story missions lead us towards the uh, the mines or tunnels or whatever, which leads us away <laughs> from like the central you know step, which, where most of the Chocobo stuff happens. There, I'm not sure what the criteria is, like what stones unlock when, but there is a, a way to just completely bypass the whole Chocobo, like unlocking, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can just completely skip the, uh, the profane, the,
4: you don't even have to do mission
1: one.
3: That's true. You can just, you can just like ask oh, her this. I'm going home. <laughs> Go and, and next I,
4: I did that the first time. And it's, you know, it's, it's a huge mistake because you're also severely underleveled for the next section. Um, so it's weird how they kind of expect you to do at least a couple missions, um, but then present it as optional. But, uh, if you're following Mm -hmm. along, you've done it the right way now. (laughs)
2: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's funny, too, that this game opens up and is like an open world thing, but there still is kind of a hidden path that you should go down, like a very linear kind of path to get you prepared for the next story beat. Like, you can totally yeah, just go yeah. for it, but the next area will—like, de- we we've spent hours— uh, just talking about these like 12 fights that we've done so far it's been hours of gameplay time. So that's hours and hours of like leveling up that has prepared yeah. us for like the next part where it, it, it's much more bearable. I assume because I've only done it this way. So I don't know, like going under there underleveled, I'm sure is quite difficult.
0: Well, I guess that's where we're going to end that for today. Is that right?
2: Yeah, this is pretty yeah. beefy, but, uh, I think <laughs> there are 64,
3: I think
4: total missions and I
3: don't think we're going to go through all of them, but, uh, <laughs>
0: At least not in this kind of
3: detail.
4: You don't yeah. want to go through the uh, the mission you have to do eight times in order to actually beat. <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, the I know that a lot of
3: them seem like they're more end game type of stuff. Anyway, so I yeah. think uh, yeah. th- there'll be opportunities to come back here.
4: There are some opportunities to come back, and there are some cutscenes too that are like basically joke cutscenes, but are some of my favorite from the whole yeah, game.
0: There are. There, there are some areas in the step we still haven't talked about. And so I think next episode we'll probably finish up talking about the step and then go into uh, the subterranean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Because some of the missions, like, actually, it was,
3: I think I'm not sure if I recommended it or or how exceptional they are, but the first 18, I think, missions are kind of all you need if you want to be able to, like, kind of speed around because it gets you all the waypoints, I think. Yeah. On pulse. So if you, If you want to backtrack, um, it's much easier once you kind of...
2: For me, I I was trying to
3: 17 and 18, I think, are like the next two maps, I think. And actually,
0: I I think uh, like 19 to like 26 are like doors that open up in one of the areas. Like you have to do them to just get through the area. Interesting.
2: Yeah. For me, I was just kind of like, I need to be able to have a chocobo. I looked up and saw that it was around like, you know mission like 14 or so. So I was just like, I'm going, I'm going for that. Like I, I, I will do everything else after that. Cause I just want to be able to ride a Chocobo
0: and good news. load him up at the greens and watch them soon. Him Next episode. We'll, we'll all be, be able to chocobos. ride Chocobos.
3: I want to
4: ride my Chocobo.
2: <laughs> chocobo, Chocobo. Ooh, but, I want uh, to ride. Steven, thank you so much.
4: Thank you for having me. I, uh, I've been enjoying this season so much and uh, I've been, uh like hyping myself up for this moment because i like as soon as you announced final fantasy 13 i was just i was pumped i was ready to go hell yeah (laughs) i'm glad we
3: can have you on because i think when we last had the other ditto folks on you weren't even a part of uh daycare does i was
4: not not yet i uh Mm -hmm. i forced myself onto the podcast and we much like myself (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> no
4: we're no we're we're essential uh components um
2: no absolutely yeah
4: but but uh you know that brings us to to daycare dittos we just finished our first season um right. so, generation i guess yes, if I you guess, want to call it generation season whatever you want to call it and just in time for the uh the new
2: game too the uh, violet and violet coming out soon the day
4: this releases <laughs> i think it comes out um yeah the Fue coco fits- game Yeah, I think it's this Friday. Um, But either way, we are having um, a poll on our Instagram. Uh, So if you go to Daycare Dittos on Instagram, we just have like a short little poll where people can vote for like their favorite starters uh, or which Pokemon they think are the coolest. We're just trying to get like kind of a community driven a list of the top 10 Pokemon or
3: it really felt like I'm filling out my like census. Like, yeah. <laughs> How <laughs> many people are
4: in your households? Uh, <laughs> which Pokemon? How many of, you them like yeah. uh, of them like Clef Yeah. All of them. But, uh, but yeah, if you, if you come to our page and fill that out, we would absolutely love that. And uh, you can find me and the rest of the daycare dittos through, uh, through that Instagram that's that's where we post most of our stuff so
3: good pod friends i mean in fact we've recently added a daycare didas channel to our discord I, I
2: was gonna say yeah I think this is it's funny timing because um, I was thinking about how you guys don't have a discord and a lot of people in our discord are always talking about it obviously because we're we're so closely related as you know just friends and, and podcasts yeah and um, we advertise nonstop. so it's was just like fuck it I'm just I just like <laughs> was one day I just created it and then I messaged Dave I'm like hey uh, I did this without permission so let me know if you want me to get rid of it or whatever but uh, yeah like we have we're your unofficial discord server if you want And Dave was like, oh yeah, no, that sounds good. Cause I mean, like, Mm -hmm. obviously like you guys do so much. So I feel like throwing on top of that, having to manage a discord server is, you know, a whole other, a whole other thing. So I was just like, well, yeah, we'll <laughs> just to let
0: Alex do it I like just, I do. I <laughs> just, I just, I just want to talk
2: about daycare dittos on a discord so I was like oh, I'm taking it upon myself to do yeah. this I think Alex had the same idea and then I was like oh yeah I'll ask Dave about it and then I was like I forgot to ask Dave at the wedding
0: I forgot to ask Dave about it I forgot to go yeah, up to Dave right. at
2: his wedding and ask him if I could create a discord <laughs> channel in my discord for his podcast <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was like what we're all we're all family here yeah Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll have to find a reason to get Sarah on soon definitely yeah absolutely we'll find a reason um maybe she can play a uh, mystery dungeon with us or something
2: uh oh hell yeah what, what's
4: that new game i was just texting carl about it too like orphan of uh
0: stranger, of paradise. stranger
4: of paradise man though that game looks insane <laughs> We should have Sarah play Like, I, I gotta play
3: that, yeah. We're joking that we should play it, like, because there is co-op on it, and we could each be a, because there's oh, a three-player co-op mode on that's it. That's awesome, I didn't know that. It's a kind of sleeper prequel to one, which we have already covered, well, so. Well, and
4: they actually, I, I was watching a speedrun of it, and every area is based off of a different Final Fantasy, so they had a Final Fantasy 13 area, and it's the section where you oh. pop the bubbles, so it changes from daytime to rainy. Uh, oh oh wow. yeah! Okay, it's, it's a, a device it's a,
3: that makes the weather bad. Great! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks God. Uh, <laughs> okay.
4: But that's uh, that's all from us. So
3: awesome! Thank you so much for yeah. We we bumped into each other in the. Yeah, at the wedding, and I was like, "You need to come." And I, I
4: spent far too much time talking about how horny Vanille is. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> sorry about that. I,
2: I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah. In terms of yes, you're correct about Vanille. Not yet. Yeah, I you just spent too much again, time talking about it.
4: it I know you're not there yet, but when the Eidolon comes, please use it at least once and tell me what you think. Oh, I'm very
1: excited.
2: <laughs> I was Steve,
3: that toast you gave, Beth, that was really... We'll probably talk about that with the next few episodes. And if you have any thoughts, you're welcome to come back anytime or leave us sure. a message. Yeah, we'll I'll call it. the number. I guess I'll do it for now. We can come back for missions next week.
0: Oh, yeah. I am looking... Th- Get bowed up. I'm looking through... Um... The walkthrough right now, the one that we watch sometimes while we're doing the podcast, and I'm just remembering how the next chapter starts. And oh boy, all right, can't wait for that. I know nothing. Do y'all like fight. F1 racing? Anyway, um,
2: <laughs> hell yeah. What
0: it goes some place. <laughs> it goes some places. Uh, anyway, <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, Saz got the Mar- the Mario Kart car, so of course that's true. It's he's got like, like Technics did. car
3: from fucking. Lego.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Alex. Do you want to become a creature fueled only by spite to, <laughs> to uh defy the will of God?
3: Oh, I would love to. <laughs>
2: um
3: thank you, Masashi Yama Uzu, especially for this chapter. The uh overworld music is lovely. It's so good. Some, Like The Massif music? Mm. The step music is like I don't know, like it reminds me of like the it has like the penny whistle like thing from the Shire in it, but like <laughs> over uh but it's like the version of the promise from this uh from this game it's quite good
2: concerning Lissy <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, be sure to leave us a rating and review us on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you're listening to us right now
2: also leave a rating for daycare dittos and give it five stars because that is absolutely the Please best podcast of all time
3: I, I was feeling podcast thir- hungry after starting this one I was like what well, if we started one on Pokemon that would be really funny to do every Pokemon and thankfully someone else had to do it <laughs> so, I didn't have, so I didn't feel compelled to so thank you for saving me from myself You can call us or text us at 530Materia. you can find us at every FNFF on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. And hop in our Discord and talk about Daycare there. And sometimes even the podcasts that everyone in the whole world thinks is true turn out to be lies. (laughs) At the end of the day, though, it's not the lie that matters. It's what you podcast after you tell it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye.